This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking the Marvels. Are we also talking about Mr. Marvel, Mrs. Marvel, the twin Marvels? How many Marvels are there? Cousin Marvel. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! How are you, Aaron? You know what? I am... Let me let me tell you something, Abe. Uh-huh? This past Friday, I became one of the, the first people outside of Japan to see a brand new Godzilla movie. So, I'm I am on top of the world. That's how I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at right now. There you go. A lot of good Get things it. going on, you know, getting work done and what have you. And, uh-huh. you know, can't complain about, you know, how things are. But, boy, does that put you over the top. <laughs> Let me tell you. And, uh, well, well I about- have not seen it. So, you know, thanks for rubbing it in. We'll talk more about it in the coming weeks. But, um, but yeah, that, that's why. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, well. I'm feeling very marvelly tonight. Good. You should feel marvelous. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Out Now is a film podcast where Amy and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into films via most important for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 555-555. Love that. It's a great number, right, Eric? It is. <laughs> it's a great number. I'm happy to be associated with it. Yeah. Well, that's that's what the, that's the episode number in, 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 for sure. 555. So dial that. Add whatever four digits you want to, and see what just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> just, not a fake just number. See who picks up. There it's you go. not a fake number. <laughs> just see who picks up. Yeah. What if it's like you've reached the hotline for Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's like what? Okay, no, yes. it's, it'd be hilarious <laughs> if it actually reaches out to like the Corey hotline. The time is eight oh eight. I think the idea of the Simpsons like bought a lot of numbers. <laughs> just so it would go to that. <laughs> it's either the Corey hotline or a sad guy asking you for a dollar. <laughs> so what are we doing on five five five? We're talking the Marvels, the latest <laughs> yeah, film right. in the MCU. Before we get too far off topic, <laughs> we're talking the Marvels uh, this week. And joining us to discuss the Marvels, we have assistant managing editor and a senior film critic for Cinema Blend, my favorite Marvel Jew, this side of Ben Grimm, aka the Thing. It's Eric Eisenberg. Oh, I take that. I, I, I that's that, I take that to heart. That is very sweet. Thank you beat you, you beat the other Marvel Jews. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's. I mean, I mean, hell, it's debatable. If, I I think there's an argument that Peter Parker is Jewish. Certainly, I know that's gone around. Experience. Oh, but uh, I think Kitty Pride might be Jewish. I don't know. Yes, she is. A lot of okay. Good. I didn't. All right. I, I know my things. I know you're a big comic guy, yeah. but I know some stuff yeah. here and there. <laughs> <laughs> you've well, read some. You've read some funny books. Well, Eric, before I ask you a very blue quick question, as far as how you're doing, I just want to say, hey, thanks. You gave me an extra push that I needed to find who I needed to contact to get to see Godzilla on past Friday. So I do well, appreciate I was, that. I was very happy to help. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're welcome, Aaron. I, I informed Eric and Eric informed you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be a part of this. <laughs> but Eric, glad to have you back. How are you doing? I am doing well. Uh, it's uh, It's been busy, especially since uh, the SAG-AFTRA uh, strike lifted. It's I feel like the floodgates have opened a little bit, but mm-hmm. also coming up against that Thanksgiving holiday, it's uh, it's been good. It's been oh, Eric, I know that you've acted in like a few YouTube sketches. Are you an AI bot that we're talking to right now? <laughs> no, absolutely. Okay, okay. Phew. <laughs> but since, the real guy. But since the strike ended, I assume like Paul Rudd and all these actors are coming <laughs> up to you being like, I have to talk about my movie to you now. Like that's that's why you're so busy. Well, uh, 
I mean, not so much. <laughs> Paul Rudd doesn't call you? Uh, I mean, I have a story. P. Rudd? PR? Like, I, I do weirdly have a story that's kind of of that ilk. Uh, <laughs> we get into like what we're what we've been watching, but uh, okay, all right, but yeah, I, I won't jump ahead. I, I respect that you know our segments well enough. That's I do. Good. I, know, <laughs> I know the show. He's been on many a time. Yeah. Well, Eric, it is good to have you here. Look forward to talking about the Marvels and more as we get into this. But let's get to some show notes real quick. Uh, first up, it is as Abe loves to say, Dwarvember right now. <laughs> I so I never said this. He, he keeps saying it constantly. He's like, "Hey, you ready for today's Dwarvember show?" And I'm like, well, "We're not talking about a Noir. We're talking about the Marvels." Like, I don't care. I can put. I can. I can put up my. <laughs> This is this can, is slander, I up, sir. I can put up my shadow room that I have and put on the Venetian shadow blinds room. in the corner and then we can touch the door. Um, <laughs> but because of that, we do have a commentary track coming that is in theme with film noir. We're going to talk about Hitchcock's Shadow of a Doubt, which oh, is celebrating, yes. I think it's 70th anniversary, 80th anniversary wow. uh, this year, uh, this November, in fact. Um, Honestly, my favorite Hitchcock movie, and it happens uh, Teresa Teresa Wright uh, actually grew up in my hometown. So wow, there you go. Is a uh, personal connection to that one. It, wow, it's very much a it's a it's a top tier one of my favorite Hitchcock films as well, and we, we look forward to doing that for our commentary track. Um, so stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for plenty of upcoming bonus episodes. We recorded an episode for the Killer last week, which is already up. We have a holdovers episode coming pretty soon, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of other. Uh, Movies we certainly don't want to slip through the cracks, so uh, stay tuned for plenty of bonus content in the coming weeks. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you can find – you found this show. You can find other episodes of this show on <laughs> iTunes and Spotify where you can give us a rating and review, which would be great. Some might say you might find 551 other shows, 54 other Four. shows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I know it's hard math, <laughs> but, but you but you got you know, there. Yeah, those those five triple digit numbers are always so sneaky. <laughs> and that's not even counting the many bonus episodes. That's right. Yeah. Like I think we're closer to a thousand than we are to five hundred at this. Sounds point. about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. but, um, all right. Well, good. Show notes out of the way. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's get to some out now quickies. Trademark. Each week now we 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 quickies. All right. Well, no more beating around the bush, Eric. What have no. you seen recently? What's going on? So, uh, so this is a story. This is so. Uh, my, I, I live in East LA, as mm-hmm. as you guys know. Uh, Mary once went there. My local theater has been since I've lived here. The Vista. I love the Vista. It was my go-to whenever I didn't go to like a critic screening. It would always be the theater that I would go to. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it cl- obviously closed during the pandemic and didn't reopen. Uh, the reason why it didn't reopen is because during the pandemic, Quentin Tarantino ended up buying it, adding to his kind of collection along with the New Beverly Cinema, nice. and has spent uh basically the last three and a half years refurbishing it and turning it into just a the true like movie palace that it deserves to be 35 millimeter 70 millimeter it's i'm terribly excited for the existence of this theater again and so it's this a bigger weekend, it's a bigger theater than new beverly right it's like a big proper it theater. is bigger it, it's much bigger actually this it, it's got a wonderful screen and like what they've done with the audio is also just phenomenal well, between that uh, and the uh, the egyptian opening back up la is becoming a place to see movies it's, it's coming back <laughs> i love it it's it, it really really is um 
So this weekend, uh, they reopened uh, the theater with a special screening of Quentin Tarantino's personal print of True Romance. Hey, that's a good movie. Reason, uh, well, the reason, obviously, as you probably know, the reason why they would do that is because the opening scene uh, where Clarence uh, meets Alabama was shot at the Vista. It, mm-hmm. Like that, You can actually see it in there. Obviously, it, the scene takes place in Detroit. It's supposed to be in Detroit, yeah, but they at Whatever. the Vista. Yeah. It does not matter. Uh, I'd like so, to think that people that went to the screening, uh, some of them might have brought our True Romance commentary recorded in September to listen to it while watching the film. I'm just assuming that happened. Sure, I don't want to say half the audience, but, you know, we're pretty popular. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm I'm obviously stoked to go see this movie. Uh, uh-huh. I uh, We go, uh, my, me and my roommate, Silas Lesnick, who's been on the show. The show. Hey. Well, uh, with a bunch of other friends, uh, we go to wait out in line, classic style, to uh, be first in line to go into this film. And while we are just hanging out in line, uh, Silas <laughs> points behind me and says, is that Jack Black? Oh. And lo and behold, <laughs> it is Jack Black uh, wearing a backpack, a uh, weird kind of like bucket hat, headphones, uh, like cosmic <laughs> Uh, a tie-dye t- uh, it's t-shirt i've seen this exact oh. version of jack black at another oh yeah no it's that. very I exactly real what you're talking about uh, like <laughs> literal like fire shorts and green socks i'm, I'm yeah. tr- just trying to set a picture here uh and he comes over to us and he says uh hey wh- what are you guys going to see and we tell him it's true romance and he's huh. like oh yeah <laughs> okay well, i know where this I, I was actually uh i was supposed to be in that movie and i got cut out and we honestly like he was just acting so chill. We were like, "Is he joking?" I, I, I yeah, he's like, a he's an usher. He's an usher. It turns out, and he's and he's like, "Yeah, no, I was supposed to be an usher." There's a scene where I come in with a dog and I like kicking people out of the theater. And lo and behold, later that night, uh, we actually like I actually watched the scene for the first time, which was just insane because like yeah, just Jack Black randomly show up to this. But he was also, I'll add into the look into the mix, uh talking about how he did eventually later uh work with Tony Scott again on Enemy of, the, Enemy State. of the State. Yeah. And uh he was joking. He told us that like there was a joke behind the scenes where him and the other actors were would try and be the person who got the name of the movie into the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Like in improv, like try and say, Oh yeah, he's totally going to be the enemy of the state. And of course it never ended up working. <laughs> but uh so yeah, that is easily a top five Los Angeles moment for me. And yeah, that was a thrill. So that was a long story to talk about one movie that I've watched <laughs> in recent. Uh, it's one of my and, favorite and, movies. I'm not averse to hearing yeah. stories about seeing oh, true romance. I, I, I love true romance. It's, it's amazing. And and the print uh, it's not in the best condition true the one that uh, is from Tarantino's uh, collection. However, like seeing it back on the big screen and in that theater, it's sure phenomenal and yeah just having that theater back it's tremendously exciting so very cool very cool uh any other things you want to mention here any other celebrity uh uh, (laughs) no other celebrities i but i will say uh i mean one thing that i've only just discovered and i feel like a fool for not discovering it earlier uh that i've been getting into really just coming over from my watching in uh spooky season is uh kolchak ice stalker Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I've I've been watching it for the first time, and it's just 
everything that I fucking love. <laughs> like, I mean, and honestly, yeah, I, I fit for Noir Vember if you want to like. It is. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, but it's just, yeah, it, like there's so much that I love about what the show is just from like everything that Darren McGavin does as Kolchak, just as this like wry bastard, just like getting to the bottom of these supernatural, getting to the bottom of these supernatural happenings and like corruption and like the police system that trying to stop him like i just love every goddamn second of it mm -hmm. and his like battles with his editor yeah I, I i can't get enough so yeah that's been the most recent obsession of mine uh yeah 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 that's so. the night yeah that's cool yeah it's not uh, matheson wrote that and yeah darren yes, mcgavin yeah. of of uh of a of a christmas story fame and david that's, chase also yeah. much to my david chase, yeah david chase oh. is not, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh oh, yeah very cool very cool if yeah all right abe what have you been yes. watching I have been on a uh, Santa Monica County streak. Uh, Aaron texted me earlier last week and was like, "Thumbs up for Pete Holmes's new pod or new uh, special on Netflix." And I went to go check that out. I liked it. And then uh, while I was there and I finished it, I watched Burbiglia's the new one, which I might really love. And then I I switched over to Amazon to go check out Nate Bargetzi, uh, his special from last year, I think, and it's pretty good too. So. There you go. Just three stand-up uh, hours. Saturday Night Live hosting. That was that was. That's fun. right. Yeah, he he hosted like uh, last weekend. Uh, yeah. Before Chalamet, and um, apparently he did a good job. I guess. I mean, I saw yeah, the yeah. Uh, kept the George Washington sketch, and that was the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. As yeah, one that's yeah. like just not familiar with him whatsoever, I was like, I like this guy. I got a good vibe from him. Yeah. Yeah. I really like. I, I had no idea who he was. I needed. To, I needed to like figure yeah. it out because I was like, right. I'm pretty good with stand-ups, but like, okay, yeah. and. I saw so it's like okay this guy's I feel like it's familiar I've seen some clips from him before but you, yeah, just... you've definitely seen some Nate Bargetti and he's changed throughout the years but he's got a very you know everyday person kind of uh joke set and it, it comes off very cool because he's got like a weird dry delivery that is oftentimes uh, pretty hilarious okay yeah about you, well I've seen a few things first up I'll mention um Loki um I've which, never heard of it which I was um <laughs> I was down on a few weeks ago uh, because I correctly predicted that it would probably start strong, get really boring in the middle, and then end maybe okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, the middle was, as predicted, not too exciting. But the finale of Loki is yeah. really good. It <laughs> like, really is. Oh. In a way that I, like, not just am I, like, satisfied as far as, like, oh, well, it ended well. It's like, this is, this is some good television going on here. And, like... Mm. The whole, like, most of the episodes were directed by Benson and Moorhead, two directors I really like a lot. Yep, they are great. They are really quietly, cool. like, yeah, really awesome dudes. Yeah, some really yeah. cool, like, I've talked to them a few times now at this point also. Like, it's it's really exciting to see their projects. So, like, get, seeing them, like, in this and Moon Knight, I'm like, oh, I'm not getting the best <laughs> that I would hope for out of them. But, like, <laughs> at least this finale really delivered. And it feels very much in their style, too. Like, it feels like they finally right. got to let Oh, 100%. So, I, I was I, like, Abe, yeah. I'm, I'm gathering that you have not watched it? Uh, I have not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I 100% agree. It's very much their vibe uh, for anyone who's like watched their movies. Like, yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right that it very much syncs with kind of who they are as filmmakers. Yeah. So I just wanted to shout out Loki that it ends really strong. So, <laughs> so good. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it is really the opposite of every other Marvel show. For uh -huh. the most part. So, yeah. <laughs> Wait, does it feed into the movies or it just ends on no, its own? No, it is completely it's its own thing. Great. Like, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 
you know, whether or not there's like some future that involves these parameters, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, mm-hmm. just sure. watching the show on its own, like, yeah, well, this, this is delivered. I mean, Tom Hiddleston is is out there now saying like that this is the end of his run, and it it, it brings a satisfying conclusion to what he's been doing, and mm-hmm. he has been obviously one of the best parts of the MCU since 2011. So yeah, it seems like because this is the only Marvel show that's had a season two so far. And it does have a finality to it where it's like, okay, so this was it. This is like the, you know, regardless yeah. of whatever happens in the future, this specific story being told of Loki seems like it's, we're, we're wrapped up here and I'm happy yeah. with how it ends things. So, yeah. Do you think he's going to go back to just being the night manager at a hotel? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> thank you, Eric. I'm not going to no, spoil well, no, yeah. <laughs> well, because he, he and the villain of the Marvels are like engaged. So that he's going to be a Cree co commander, I guess, <laughs> I go. assume, is, is, is what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Um, not joking. I see a few other things though. Uh, I watched Albert Brooks defending my life. Yeah. This is a Rob Reiner directed documentary and by default, the best Rob Reiner film since like 1995. <laughs> since like a few Aww. good men. <laughs> yeah. uh, American president. 95. Okay. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, I'm a huge Albert Brooks fan. I think anyone that uh, likes laughing should be an Albert Brooks fan. <laughs> so <laughs> um, you'd be inclined to watch this because it's on Max right now. And it's great. It is just a wonderful recap of this man's life. Um, it, Rob Reiner and him sit down at a restaurant in L.A. and just like talk about things. And then it's interspersed with, you know, talking heads from other other comedians. It's a nice other, setup. Other directors and actors. Um, you get a lot of stories about, you know, where, where he was growing up and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like from the comedy point specifically, like it's not, you know, it's not like a hagiography. It's not like trying to be like, he was a young boy once and he did this and that. it's not that. It's really focusing on his career as a comedian. And it's sure. great for that. You get some yeah. insight into his father as well, which I thought was really appreciated. Uh-huh. And, you know, there's certain people that pop up and I'll say one example. Steven Spielberg pops up early on in the interview, like the talking heads. And you're like, why are they talking? To, why is he here? Like, I'm not against this, but why is he here? And when you find out why later on in the thing, it's just like, well, that's perfect. Uh, so there's a lot of like that kind of stuff where you wait. Just... There's a DNA test, and they're actually half brothers. No, he's half dinosaur. Oh my god! Oh, um, but um, it's just life it's finds a, a way. It's a really, it's really funny. Obviously, as you see so many bits from his like his his like um, variety show days and stuff like that, and you see all you know him talk about all of his movies, mm-hmm. and it's it's just really wonderful. So like if you're have any interest in, you know, just wanting to either learn about Albert Brooks or just to enjoy 90 minutes, watch this movie on uh, on Max. It's very, very okay. worthwhile. Wonderful. I watched It's a Wonderful Knife. This is a, a slasher film that is a takeoff of that one Christmas movie. What? I can't think of the name of it. Uh, but it's a Wonderful <laughs> Life, actually. Oh, oh that movie. Um, it has Joel McHale, among other people, just along in there as well. Um, horror star Catherine Isabel for horror fans um, is in there. Um, it's exactly as it sounds as far as, yeah, it's a parent takeoff of Wonderful Life. It's like, like, what if a slasher, what if the final girl, like, survived, but then, like, her life was crap, and she's, like, a year later is like, what if I, I don't want to exist anymore, and then, like, the, like, things change, hmm. and the slasher yeah. comes back, and it's like, well, this is what happens if the, if you weren't here, the slasher <laughs> was still around. Um, and it's, it's fun, it's a fun holiday horror film, I'll put it that way. I okay. think it, it does the, it's a quick movie it does the job the the characters are fun enough i think the the snow setting is always intriguing i think in a slasher just because you get something a little more dynamic than kind of the usual settings you're you're accustomed to you get the red uh, on white too doesn't hurt yeah for, yeah for sure 
And uh, and it just it has a it has the kind of quick in and out aspect of it. You know, something about I'm not saying this is anywhere near as good as It's a Wonderful Life, a classic film. But that movie does take like an hour and change to get to the whole central premise of I don't want to exist anymore. And Jimmy Stewart's like, you know, what is what happens there? This movie mm-hmm. gets to it like right away. It's like, OK, <laughs> let's let's do that part. It's it's really fun. It's really fun seeing how it works. Right. A very progressive film. I'll note as well. Just OK, yeah. Um, but in Killers in Good Light, got it. It's coming to Shutter soon. It's in theaters right now. Hey, all right. Uh, speaking of things coming to streaming very soon, this is coming to Peacock, and I'm pretty sure by the time this comes out, I'm allowed to talk about it. It's Please Don't Destroy, colon, The Treasure of Foggy Mountain. Yes. Uh, if you guys have been watching SNL or their skits online, the Please Don't Destroy comedy troupe guys who are all like three comedians that are all like the sons of other comedians. Um, minus one. <laughs> minus one. Yeah, two of them are for sure. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, but this is their like you know their debut feature, Judd Apatow produced, um, not unlike The Lonely Island getting a movie, um, and um, it's fine. Like it, I think it. The there's certainly highlights that capitalize on the thing I think people like about them when it's just a lot of like rapid fire one liners that they're going back and forth between them. Um, that aspect delivers for an entire feature film like the the you know it's whatever it's pretty throwaway but like it has a lot of good highlights it's really like okay. i didn't i did not enjoy my time watching it yeah um let's see what else uh one more i'll do one more i'll save some of these for next week uh dream scenario uh yes. this is the new nicholas cage film that's coming out that came out i think or came out limited release comes out wider i think this week um, where nicholas cage is being seen in everybody's dreams I believe Scott and I talked about it last week where he thought it didn't quite deliver on its premise. I would say I liked it more than that. I think it's a funny movie throughout. Mm-hmm. I, I could agree that it's not exactly, it's not entirely capitalizing as well as it could on what we could really do with this premise, but I still think the enjoyment you get from it's worthwhile because Nicolas Cage is entirely in the zone throughout this movie. I think he is so good in this role. Um, he He really just delivers, I think, as far as being not wild man cage, but like Cage is like in like awkward comedy mode, and I think that really works to this film's advantage. Okay, yeah, that's okay. looking forward to it. I'll, yeah, I'll sure. report back in nine months. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. Well, that's my stuff. So that's enough. Sure. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. When it's coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this week, we're talking Ghostbusters: colon, Frozen Empire, the latest Ghostbuster. Would this be the fifth Ghostbusters film? I guess. And um well, I guess in the canon, are you counting? It, canon? Well, in canon, it's the fourth Ghostbusters yeah. film, <laughs> <laughs> and this doesn't include the real guy, Ghostbusters. Yeah, the car, the animated, <laughs> the, car, the animated show, yeah. <laughs> or the or the video game, which was also in canon, right? Oh. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, sure. uh, but this is a follow up to Ghostbusters: Call It Afterlife, um, and uh, this one is it's only. This time around, I believe the first one was directed by Jason Reitman and written by him and Gil Keenan. This time it's written by Reitman and Keenan, but directed by Gil Keenan. Oh. Um, Gil Keenan, who Slip directed... Swap. What? Swip Swap. Swip Swap, exactly. And it's and it, it, Gil Keenan, is, so he directed uh, Monster House, a film that Abe and I are big fans of. Yeah. Uh, okay. Along with uh, City of Ember and that Poltergeist remake that definitely does not exist. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> this movie does exist. The sequel to Afterlife, it once again features... Those people from that first one, Carrie Coode, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Paul Rudd. And then we're adding on, it looks like Camille is popping in here. And yeah. Pat Oswald. 
And um, I guess the original. Because apparently go- you cannot have a geeky franchise without Pat Oswalt. Well, they that. moved out of the city. That's why I wasn't at the first. Yeah. I was like, I don't go to the Midwest. That's ridiculous. But now he's like, hold on, guys, you're in New York. I'll see you. I'll see you in ten minutes. He's like, we don't have a part for you, Pat. Don't worry, I got some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> he comes in. It's, it's great. Um, and then the other Ghostbusters are all here as well because why not? I guess. They're yeah. Right. Well, that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah, but the um, <laughs> the premise here, it seems like some kind of frozen ice storm that's also a ghost is coming to invade New York, and it'll be up to a science teacher, a distant relative of a Ghostbuster, and Finn Wolfhard, and I assume that kid named Podcast to stop it? I guess that's right. I forgot about that guy. <laughs> is Podcast in the trailer? I'm tra- no, I, I, I didn't yeah. see him. Not only is he yeah, not in the trailer... McKenna Grace, who's ostensibly the lead of the last film, has one line in this trailer. <laughs> Just to point I that mean, out it's there. a trailer. Maybe she's not only the funny lead, quips. the best part of the, the previous movie, but regardless, yeah. the Frozen Empire—it's coming. Are we excited, Eric? Are you? Did you like Afterlife? Are you looking forward to another one of these? Oh, I'm. I. I, I don't know. I'm gonna hope to not like ruin the room here because I, I. I don't know what I'm, I'm walking into here. But uh, in fact, I might be the like the blast of cold frozen ghost or whatever the fuck is spreading. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't big on Afterlife. We put that out there. Okay. Well, and that we, is we where I'm going. Is that like I? I am yeah. not a fan of Afterlife. I. I, I like. I. I think uh, McKenna Grace is fantastic. I. I think she's wonderful and just has a great energy. Uh, and I like her character, but it just it, nothing else about it really kind of worked for me. And especially to just kind of once again go back to just using all the stuff that people know uh, is not, in my opinion, a great way to build a franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I, I didn't love Afterlife. I can't say this trailer did too much for me. Like, I, I, like, I, I guess I, I, it's, it is just kind of riding on the idea of like, oh, wow, it's these people you like wearing Ghostbusters uniforms and there's ice everywhere. But, that again, like after afterlife, I can't say I'm terribly excited uh, for where all that head, where all that goes. But you know, I'm open for surprise, and I agree. I I like Monster House, so yeah. Abe, how are you? Basically, the same page. Uh, afterlife didn't move the needle for me at all. I think that you and I complained about like how this is not how you want to do a a a sequel movie, uh, and then I this one. Hey, like what we said before, uh, for some other trailers, I'm rooting for it. I hope that it that it's good. Never actively rooting for anything to be bad, but um, sure. I'm not super moved by this trailer either. Well, you're making this pretty simple. Aaron I, coming through with an uh, alternative opinion. Or... I will say this: uh, if if I was able to see this trailer in a theme, like if I walked to them, if I wasn't doing this, and we I saw the Marvels on Friday, mm-hmm. and this trailer came in, it did play. I good. I I like the idea of this is where it goes based on where it starts, where I wouldn't necessarily know this is a Ghostbusters movie right away. And I'm like, well, that's intriguing. That's the reaction I was trying to think of in like watching this trailer. Because it obviously, you know, gives you a minute like before it really gets to the fact that like, oh, this is a Ghostbusters film. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, something's coming to New York. It's frozen. Okay, that's weird. And then we see the Ghostbusters building. Like from that perspective, I was thinking, well, if if, if I had nothing to go on, I just like re- realize that in the moment. I'd find that interesting. That said, yes, I wasn't big on Afterlife. What I say wasn't big on it, where it's like, 
oh boy like the, the movie went from like oh, we'll see to i guess it's and then like the end happens and like this is a terrible terrible <laughs> that end is just that really end bad. is horrific love um, conquers all I, guys I also, just to put it out there like i i every time like i i re i rewatched it i guess within the last year and it's just like every time i see jk simmons like open his eyes and then like die 10 seconds later i'm like something is missing from this like there there, there are some re- big giant reshoot changes that like affected the end of this movie oh very clearly yeah something yeah. is wrong yeah but and even like the log line doesn't match up like i th- I feel like even like jk simmons's character was supposed to be like heavily involved well in, that's like, why you cast jk yeah. simmons <laughs> right <laughs> like, to uh, not have yeah to just be as a dead guy without any lines like ugh, yeah I, I don't get so, it at all regardless of all of that yes i wasn't big on afterlife watching this trailer i i'm not like inherently against like seeing more ghostbusters i just i i want them to do something that feels good with this property sure. I'd like to think that they maybe got all of that out of their system with Afterlife. So that's the optimist in me speaking to the idea of now let's just do a Ghostbusters movie. And I'm hoping that's what this is. That said, it does feel weird to be like, it's not just like Ghostbusters, here's another one. It's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, which is like, what fucking fantasy series are we pulling out from this time around to get a Ghostbusters plot? I it's such a weird like diversion from afterlife to frozen empire Empire, yeah and having Dan Aykroyd like narrate this like mystical legend about the frozen people and it's like all right (laughs) and I'm sure you believe this uh so here we go let's let's see what I'll just put this out there how are we feeling about those guys coming back again I mean, they have not impressed, well, I'll say this, (laughs) Bill Bill Murray specifically has not impressed me in these movies, to the point of, it feels like he's purposely doing it, like he's he's purposely just being like off off the mark. Like it feels like I have so much disdain for you pulling me back into this nostalgia craft that I'm going to do a bad job on purpose. Like that's how it <laughs> right. feels every time I see him in this, or especially the the uh, Paul Paul Feig movie, which I liked in spite of him. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Well, yeah, like, he, he brought strong. the movie down to a screeching halt for yes, a bit there, and I'm like, what happened to the fun <laughs> I was having with this yeah. movie? <laughs> you need more Chris Hemsworth without lenses. So like, right? I'm not like yeah. I'm not opposed to like doing you know these sequels where it's like you know it's like. Cree. Like it's not like I don't sure. want Rocky in those movies. Like he's good. I don't it's not like Ernie Hudson, Ackroyd, and Murray are like impossible to be entertaining in these movies. So I just hope it utilizes them as more than just what if we stand in a line and say lines from the other movie? Like right. <laughs> I need I need more than that. So Abe, how about you? Uh I mean I feel the same way. I mean, largely nothing nothing really to add. I I will just uh lastly say that um I hope that it doesn't it's not episodic. Um, in that we're just dealing with a flavor of the week and then the next one comes, the third one comes out. And we've really done nothing with the Ghostbusters uh, IP to really further anything. We're just like, hey, let's just keep it alive because that's how movie studios work. They just gotta, they just gotta make sure that movies are coming out in a specific um, I, I hear copyright. You. I hear you to a point. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind just like, Let's just have an adventure with Ghostbusters if it's you know good. I, yeah, exactly. What, I, what yeah. I'd prefer less is like a let's establish the first part of a new Ghostbusters trilogy that really gets into the lore or something. I'm like, I don't right. fucking need that. Just like mm-hmm. give me a 
this is a movie about guys using proton packs to blast goo on shit. Like this is not that deep. Like there's not a there's not a lot here. Like sure. if you can make that fun and like kind of spooky, like I'm set. So it was, I uh, mean, it almost even says a lot that like the original Ghostbusters didn't even get to a trilogy. Like they kind of that's burned true. Yeah. So like yeah, it's to be considered. Yeah. I also like I get that this is a teaser, so yeah, it's going to minimize sure. certain things, but it's like McKenna Grace was the best part of that movie. So Absolutely. Like, I kind of I kind of think that her hairstyle was the best part of that movie. So Yeah, there are the cartoon two, two, cartoon two Egon Spengler. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But is, there is like almost a legacy sequel like expectation that you would kind of just like the idea is like yeah, pass it to a new generation. But yeah, this trailer doesn't really suggest that that was what was front of mind. Yeah, they're all just still doing the thing because Ernie Hudson's like, I'm a fucking millionaire and I'm just going to buy all the stuff so we can keep doing Ghostbusters. (laughs) 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 Which, like, I don't disrespect. What happens when you get bored and you have money? I like seeing Ernie Hudson as, like, rich millionaire that refurbishes the Ghostbuster automatic. Better than buying Twitter. So, yeah. (laughs) Like, like, that that works for me. If he's like the boss, that'd be even better. Be like, yeah, now Winston's yeah. in charge. <laughs> uh, he bought he... Quantum Leap, and now he's buying uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters. Is he on Quantum Leap? Oh yeah, he plays like the head of the. He I don't know. I don't watch Quantum Leap. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm cool. I'm good. No, good, Quantum Leap's good. Yeah, there you go. I, that's my uh, what I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> and that was trailer talk. <laughs> We've already skipped over it. Do we? Uh, do you think Camille on Johnny's going to grab a proton pack and rip out his guns? Probably. I, I like, hope so. Flex I think that'd be that'd be a fun little visual, <laughs> like well, dual dual uh, dual wield. He'll dual wield. Yeah, he'll he'll pull a Kate McKinnon, but exactly. but in a tank top, exactly to show him that Stuber's still out there. Stuber. <laughs> we should cross that over. Crossover Stuber with Ghost. If there's a ghost that is uh, you know looking like uh, Dave Bautista, that'd be great. I'll sell right now. Dave Bautista was in a Ghostbusters. This would be an easier trailer to sell. I I'd go. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be there in it, like, like I'd be camping out the way that we did in the nineties. The PR drops tomorrow, and I'm not talking Paul Rudd. PR <laughs> drops tomorrow, and it's like, guess what? Dave Batista's joining Ghostbusters. He's gonna play Slimer's dad. Yeah, and it's like what? So <laughs> Slimer's dad. Slimer's dad. Mister Slimer. Yeah, <laughs> that's his father's name, Mister Slimer. <laughs> All right, Ghostbusters colon Frozen Empire arrives in theaters March 29th, uh, which is the that's original, soon. It's the original date for Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, but that got delayed. So mm-hmm. Sony is like, well, we got a Ghostbusters movie, and that's what's coming out March 29th. Okay. So get ready. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to our main review for the Marvels. Carol Danvers. Prodigal child of the Milky Way. Nick Fury. My favorite one-eyed man of intrigue. How goes it out there? Uh, you know, cold, no air, space. Captain Marvel. The Annihilator. You took everything from me. And now I'm returning the favor. She's entangled our light-based powers, so we switch places whenever we use them. Strong theory. You can absorb light. I can see it. And Kamala. Who's Kamala? Hi. She can turn light into physical matter, which I have never heard of. I could totally show you. No! That should have been some of the trailer for The Marvels. Here we are with the latest entry in Phase 5 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
the 33rd MCU film in general, and the sequel to 2019's Captain Marvel. This also serves as a continuation of characters first introduced in the MCU TV shows WandaVision and Miss Marvel. How important is any of this? I'd argue it's of little importance based off how this film is structured, but we'll talk about that, as well as the plot of the Marvels, which focuses on three super-powered female characters becoming entangled due to a magical doohickey that is desired by a powerful leader of the Kree. Once the Marvels figure out what's happening, they journey together to stop further Kree destruction of time and space. Eric? Yes? I usually ask a two-part question regarding some broad thoughts followed by thoughts on the film, but I want to table the overall MCU discussion for later. For now, I just want to know, what'd you think of the Marvels? So, full upfront it's it's messy like it has some serious issues that are really impossible to ignore it has a villain that has interesting elements to who they are and have, have an interesting circumstance that they have within the context of the story uh that i don't think is fleshed out nearly enough uh there is like the action doesn't take advantage i think to uh, enough of an extent of where it could uh take like the idea that these characters are uh switching places especially because they have this like big training montage where they get in sync that i don't feel is ever really fully capitalized on i feel like the biggest the, be- the best action sequence happens in the first act that's not something you ever really want mm. those things said that all that out there I really like this movie. Like I was like what it really puts its focus on is just this triumvirate, which has compelling and interesting dynamics between them where you have like Captain Marvel who abandoned Monica Rambeau as a child and has like quietly been just kind of like ashamed of why she's uh quietly ashamed of what she's done I'm not gonna get too far into spoilers uh she's quietly ashamed of what she's done explaining why she hasn't returned meanwhile you also have Kamala Khan who just thinks that Captain Marvel is incredible uh, and can't do anything wrong, which puts its own kind of pressure on Captain Marvel. Meanwhile, Monica sees Kamala as kind of who she was when she was a child. And then also like, I, I, I just think there is just such an interesting dynamic between all of them. And then on top of that, the, the performances I think are all wonderful with the MV, with the true MVP just being Amon Vellani, who <laughs> is, is so genuine in her fangirlness that I, I I feel like sometimes with that type of character, there is the potential to like, if you push it to a wrong degree, it can become kind of grating, but it's, it's hers comes from such an honest place that it just, it's never not charming. And every time she's on screen, she is just so effervescent and delightful. So mm-hmm. uh, yes, that was my long winded saying it has its issues, but I I had a I had a really enjoyable time with this film. Mm-hmm. Okay, Abe, I'm aware that you are less versed in this the is correct greater Marvel cinematic universe as far as the TV shows are concerned. Yes, this is something but that you and I talked about last we, week. We and have so I'm very I'm very uh I've got some ideas here or I've got some opinions, <laughs> but please continue the question line of questioning. Good well, I'll, I'll just note that I was of the mind before even seeing the film that. I had heavy doubts that you would be required in any way to watch this movie and really need to know any of those other shows in order to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. now 
We've all seen the movie. I am curious. What did you think of the Marvels? And did jokes you feel... on you? I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> did you? And did you? <laughs> did you feel that you came up lacking in any way? I was like, oh, I put it all together for the no. Uh, I I haven't seen. I haven't really followed the MCU TV shows since Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, I think that I think that was it because there's been at least. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, Hawkeye, the first episode, and after that, I kind of just trailed off. On the only ones really apply here are Miss Marvel and WandaVision. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, right. and um, for were the most you, part, were you to think they apply here? So correct, yeah. I, I think that it see being the odd person out in terms of the other MCU stuff, I found it completely enjoyable to watch. Like, it, there's not really anything that you would need to to really put together. Uh, if you are just watching it straight through, I think that there were some questions I had here that maybe I think that the the TV show, the Marvels or Ms. Marvel can kind of fill in in terms of what um, uh, Ms. Marvel's powers might be and how they work um, and what the use of the Bengal is. But beyond that, it's largely its own movie. And I, I really appreciate that. I, I'm very much in line with Eric. Like, I think the term that I use instead of messy was light. Uh, it's pretty light on going into specific plot devices or specific things about character arcs or what have you. I'm also in agreement that Iman Vellani is probably my favorite person in this movie, primarily because she is so bright and cheerful and, you know, wide-eyed and and very fun. She brings, like, the atmosphere of fun with it. Um, the others have sort of a lot more to carry because they have been through so much of what is now the blip and five years later and everything else too. So um, I really dug that there is uh, a pretty short runtime that doesn't establish a lot for the villain in this movie, but that does establish enough for me to get a sense of who these uh, three are. And again, where they're going to be going with their own arcs and how this will arc later into maybe young Avengers or what have you. So I, 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 again, I felt that there were some things that were sort of being not handcuffed, but there certainly were things that I think could have been explored a little bit deeper, but I also didn't really care. I kind of just really dug when the three of them were together, like either talking, kicking ass or hanging out or what have you, you know, like, or going on to like a planet that is like 99.36% water or something like that. And just having some adventures on their own. Um, there is like a B plot of this, which is the Samuel L. Jackson, like, you know, space station stuff with the, with the Ms. Marvel's parents and her brother. But none of this really bothered me in a way that I think some of the other things that I've been watching, you know, I'm thinking specifically of Ant-Man Quantumania, where I was like, oh man, this is kind of like a slog sometimes because now I have Michelle Pfeiffer just telling me everything that happened in Endgame or everything that happened in the previous two Ant-Man. Like or this or holding just... back everything that could be useful because she feels like not doing it right now. Yeah. Which was yeah, really exactly. annoying. Which is, that which is actually what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but, and um... honestly, it does occur to me that like, it really doesn't, spend any time recapping everything that happened in Ms. Marvel. Like it really just, yeah, it, it, it gives you everything that you need to know with that. Like the comic book sequence up front tells you everything you need to know about what's going on inside of her brain. Like, I, like you mentioned, like it, you are missing a few details. If you don't know like exactly what she can do and why right. she can do it. I, I completely grasp that, but actually I am curious, like, Ha- having the reaction that you had to Amon Blind's performance, are you now curious about 
watching his novel? highly highly yeah. you should be because it's one of the best yeah. of the tv shows for so sure. i was like oh <laughs> if she's like this peppy throughout the series or you know she I, i'm gonna guess that she comes in her powers and kind of has to learn through them but yeah I, like i i i'm really i i really dig their casting choice with the Manvalani here so all in all aaron before you go i think overall i there are problems that i had with this movie for sure but because of its short runtime it's like an hour and 45 minutes um, and because of what I'm getting with the three of them, I didn't really mind like all there weren't too many gaps, but I didn't mind like the gaps in characters that I didn't know that much of. But also I didn't mind that there was just like a, a pretty insignificant um, villain with like a really hard moral hole for Brie Larson's character to fill like that kind of gets glossed over fairly quickly. But mm. hey, like. You know, for what I watched here, it's enjoyable. Yeah, uh, we're going to be largely in agreement, I think, on the general level for how we feel this movie works. Because I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it is light, it is messy, and it is enjoyable. I agree with all these things. <laughs> I will say the best thing I can say about this film is that it's the first MCU film in a while that felt like I was watching comic book panels come to life. Interesting. Yeah. Like, and I was a huge fan of Guardians Three, and I really like Wakanda Forever. This one does feel like a comic book movie, if that makes any sense. Like, regardless of how much I like those movies more, this one just feels like Nia DaCosta, the director, got in there and made something that, like, reflected, like, what would it be like to read a comic book that featured these characters? That's the kind of movie it looked like I was watching. And honestly, you know, even if this, like, doesn't sit the highest for me as far as ranking the MCU films, as delicate as that has to be for whatever reason... I still think this is the kind of movie Marvel should be at least it's striving for in general. Okay. Uh, like it, it delivers on that enjoyment based around characters and a level of spectacle that can be appreciated. Uh, you, we keep mentioning Amon Vellani and for good reason that the thing that she does that I think really works along with being, you know, fun and peppy and effervescent is that she has a sense of wonder about the stuff going on around her. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked a lot about the humor in Marvel movies as of late. And while some movies obviously do, you know, the, like the Guardians movies do it very well as far as comedy goes, there is the sense that so many of the quips and the one liners or what have you come at the expense of the material that they're involved with, where it's less about confidence in the fact that they're representing a superhero movie and more about how do we keep this grounded? And it's by dismissing it by saying like, wasn't that weird? I know. Right. Like it's not, particularly clever it's just like oh a thing to like kind of give you an amusing laugh before you move on what i like okay. here is that this movie's not really doing that this has genuine humor coming from these characters specifically Amon Vellani, who is wowed by the stuff she is seeing she yeah. likes being involved in this world she's very earnest and the movie itself i think is quite earnest it's less about the 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 kind of self-awareness and more about the what what makes this special what makes the fact that there's these three powerful people that can do all this stuff cool and neat and that's where the movie is at its high when it's able to explore those things uh you know the 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 combination of these three characters i think works really well i i could argue sure there's maybe room for like more growth between the because you have three characters you have to like shuffle between let alone other things it's like yeah there's not the most time given for all of that to be expanded upon i will say in regards to the the shows like 
it's certainly less about you need to see any of these and more like a comic book that would have like an asterisk in a word bubble and point to something on the bottom of the page saying, read Marvel 914 to get this reference or mm-hmm. something like that. That's what this felt like. It felt like, hey, if you want to explore more, you can. There's a show. You can watch about that. But it's not required. You're just having a good time here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I had. Yeah. This kind of goes against your point a little bit, but like I, I do think that like one line I did really appreciate as far as just kind of again, just kind of like saying, do you really need to watch the shows to understand everything? Uh, well, like and Monica, just like when she talks about getting her powers, saying that she gained the ability to see the full light, to control the light spectrum by wa- walking through the wall of a, a witch hex. Like and just like this very obviously more eloquent scientific uh, version of that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just like that. She's like, this is the Marvel Universe. Sometimes shit like that happens. It's very so, matter yeah. of fact in that presentation. Yeah, yeah. And like, exactly. It's, I, I would compare that to honestly. I mean, now, granted. This is a more well-known character, so it's not like you need a whole bunch of stuff. But like when Spider-Man shows up in Civil War, it's not like you felt bad because you didn't have a whole bunch of backstory about Spider-Man. It's like he's here; he does spider things, I guess. Right. Like there's yeah, not, yeah. and so it's is it fair to compare the two? I don't know. Spider-Man again is, a, but like that's relying on an audience know-how, and then you know it's a it's a film's choice to sure. do what it needs to do. Well, I guess I at the very least what I appreciate is the fact that like you don't. This isn't a movie that got like studio noted to death where mm-hmm. like. They kept saying, like, no, people need to understand what Monica can do. So please have a sequence that has a full flashback to WandaVision exactly, yeah. and explains right, how she went. Yeah. It was like, we don't fucking need that. Just yeah, move exactly. on. Like, let us experience this. If you want to go back and check out that other stuff, it exists. Like, but exist in this, exist in the now. Like, yeah. watch and this I, movie. I'd argue that all, all of the films have been like that. I don't think there's any one of these movies that have been like, oh, you definitely need to watch the show to get it. Because I think mm-hmm. Feige is smart enough to realize not everyone's going to do that well i mean i i think it is just the confidence of the mcu also it's like it, yeah, is it helps that for the most part in the world so yeah, yeah, it, yeah kind that, of rely on it exactly so. it, yeah so it's yeah. it's a two it's a weird street to be on and i i get it but regard in the sake of this movie yes i do the the stuff the the stuff involving this particular story i think works as a standalone i think that's to the benefit of this film yeah i same. think it soars higher than that wasn't a thing i just said it but it soars higher than captain you, you marvel planned that. i did it honestly okay. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it exceeds captain marvel as far as being a sequel um by just making more interesting choices as a film i think the I, for one thing it's very bright and colorful which i'm all about like it's a very mm-hmm. fun movie to look at um I, the biggest issue i one of the issues i had with captain marvel was that the needle drops were horrendous in that film yeah, um, I, have, I, have a, I have a comment about this later, too. This movie, like, gives you some good points, but, like, especially, as Eric, you already alluded to, but, like, that the the first big action sequence in this film um, is great. It is a highlight, yeah. and it's a mix of both the fact that we're seeing the powers on display, but also just using, like, a Skrillex remix of rat a tat tat Like, good job. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all about that. Like, yeah. I think it just worked incredibly well. And the last yeah. thing I'll say... Uh, is that as far as the the other plot, like with Sam Jackson and parents go, Sam Jackson's having a lot of fun here. Like the most fun I've seen him yeah. have is Nick Fury in a while, and I really like that. Yeah. And especially I like, after Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion, which is such a slog like, yeah. and easily yeah. the worst Marvel show, but <laughs> also like it's putting him in such a position where it's like, well, now I got to be darker and grittier. Uh-huh. I like that it's the kind of thing where it's a comic book thing. So like if you you know some issues are going to be darker, some issues are going to be lighter. Sure. This is yeah. the Marvels; it's a lighter issue, and so Sam Jackson's not plagued by the trauma of what happened to talos and what other things involved in the Cree or the the uh the 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 scrolls and he could just be here being like this is weird isn't it black girl magic okay let's go like i'm like oh yeah cool sam jackson having fun let's yeah. see this 
and I, I will just further add to sure. that, I, like the Flurkin sequence is honestly, it is also just one of my favorite. The Flurk Hiddens, I guess, would be yeah, it's, it's like it's a fun sequence. Delivers. Like plus, that's, that's, plus the song song choice, yeah. So yeah, it's like the memory, the Barbara Streisand, but like, but it is just it's it, it's a really clever idea where the idea of like, oh, you just have all these people cram into the interdimensional tentacles of these flurkins so you can fit inside a pod. That is a good. It's a it's a it's a creative solution to yeah. a problem that you presented for your characters, but also, yeah, it's executed really well. Where you know all these people fleeing in terror from these right. tiny little kittens, that's, like that's that, the, that's that, the weird. I'm happy this film embraces. That's absolutely like, yeah. And uh, like to your point there, I just want to echo that. I was like, oh, that is a good idea. <laughs> it fun. is. It is a really good idea. And also, yeah. those kittens are adorable. So they like, are. <laughs> yeah, like they, they really pass that well. Are adorable. Yeah. So like. Um, the thing that I was going to mention when you're talking about the first one and this one, I, I was like, oh, you know what? I I dig that the Marvels here, the sequel to, I guess, uh, Captain Marvel, um, is not filled with like a bunch of uh, pop culture references or anything like that. Again, it, it's very toned down in its story and it's very toned down in what it's trying to accomplish. And like I was happy that there weren't like 30 seconds go by and then you know the camera's like, huh? See, blockbuster, get it? Oh well, yeah, because now it's now. driving this old Chevy Malibu, get it? You know, it's it was like, a movie very much hand- handicapped by its 90s attempted 90s aesthetic, aesthetic just because yeah. it, it, it it just overdid it. it. It did more with it than it needed to. Right. And this one doesn't have any re- uh, weird gimmick like that. This is just a straight story about these three uh, people that are experiencing similar power, uh, power loss, power gain. Um, I think what this movie really needed and like. The Aladdin sequence, for one, I just like it needed a more impact of a musical sequence. Like, I feel like there's a lot of potential there that you didn't. And I'm not a huge musical guy, but like, well, I you can leave, it. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 that's like that. I feel like that's a sequence where I should be like walking away from it, like humming the song the like sure. the like the, the key song that from that sequence. But like that aside, like. I feel like what this movie could just use 15 more minutes of is just de- is literally just depth for Darben, like giving me more understanding of like her, like not only her like history on uh, on Hala, but and her history with Captain Marvel. But it's just like I mean, like for a, a perfect example is like that opening negotiation sequence where she's at the Skrull colony and she's saying, uh, Okay, we want to make peace with you all, but part of that peace means relocating because we're going to suck the oxygen out of this planet, and if you stay here, you're going to die. Now, Captain Marvel immediately, like, sees this happening and says, that's a trick, and she fucks with it, and she gets in the way of potential peace. Like, I love the idea that, no, Darben is actually trying to do something good here. She's actually legitimately going to move the scrolls back to Hala. She's trying to improve the atmosphere here, and Captain Marvel just screws up. And frankly, I like the idea that, like, this movie does commit to the the idea of, like, oh no, when Captain Marvel destroyed the Supreme Intelligence on Hala, she messed up. That was a really messed up thing to just kind of leave the society society without and like she has to face the consequences for it that's like that's a bold thing and honestly like kind of after like kind of the mix of wandavision and uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness like seeing kind of seeing more consequences for wanda after like harmless that she actually did in wandavision like that was it's satisfying when these movies don't just like 
treat the heroes as like, oh no, they're untouchable because right. they are the title characters in this thing. Yeah. Like they she messed up. Like that's she did actually, a really bad thing. Yeah, like that, that subtext did not escape me either because I thought about exactly what you're talking about. There's sort of like this American imperialism kind of stepping in and being like, hey, like I'm gonna try and do this good thing, but oh, I fucked up your local stuff. Yeah. Um, and that was it was a fascinating read. They don't really do a ton with it. They kind of have a few lines of dialogue here and there, including stuff with Monica Rambo talking to Carol Danvers later in the movie about it and how they can kind of fix it, which is a, a simple fix, I guess. But sure. um, uh, I, but well, it solves I, I, one I, problem I, after they solve the other yeah. two. But I was like, yeah. I don't know if they're if if uh, Nia DaCosta is actively trying to you know go for a story like that, much like Ryan Coogler did with his um, Black Panther movies, Black both Panther. of them. Sure. Um, but if it is there, it's kind of, you know, it, it's very topical even today, right now. Um, and it's also a really interesting take on, again, the consequences of your own actions, you being the person that thinks that they know what is good and well for other planets and other people. But in reality, you're just like, you just sort of like a local uh, ecosystem. So I, yeah. I have two things to add. Uh, one is that it's it's very humorous to me that Darben's plan is basically being President Screw from Spaceballs. So I, I was going to say Spaceballs definitely hundred percent came into air. Yes, absolutely. Immediately thought of the Statue of Liberty yeah. made. And, yeah, there hundred percent. And uh, the other thing is, I like this. We've noted this movie is an hour and forty five minutes. I, I have no doubt that there's a longer cut of this movie, and I think so much of it feels like DaCosta and Megan McDonald and Alyssa Kurisic, the writers for this film finding the movie within what they had because it you know we've talked about this being a light movie and it is it has there's stakes to a point but it certainly has a energy to it that emphasizes the humor and a lot of the elements that you know aren't nearly as severe as something like i don't know the the darker mcu movies that we have um (laughs) The and I, and the wasp, Pontomania. Yeah, exactly. The, the, that, <laughs> that, that that dastardly Kang coming in and being right. like, let me stop the movie to be dark while you, then you go back to joking around with Michael Douglas. And I'll, like, <laughs> let me almost kill Paul Rudd while your daughter watches to get information. Right. But my point is, I, I, I won't be, I'm not surprised that there's a version that obviously has more Darben scenes and more things that are dealing with these very aspects of the film that are sure. thematically rich and certainly worth exploring. But then it comes at a cost of tone, right? Then you're balancing a shift sure. between here's the dark stuff involving the Kree and the scrolls and refugee sure. references and what have you. And then you also have Amon Vellani being like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, you know, in a good are, way. there are certainly films that can do that, but yeah. it feels like this is the film that like, let's get rid of this stuff and just make the movie that like is the fun one. I mean, it is I mean, like an hour and 45 of it is so breezy that like yeah. to have, that kind of like those kind of darker elements interspersed. I could understand. Yeah. Why and I, it, uh, yeah. And I could yeah. see like, at, you know, if the complaint is they removed that stuff, putting it back in doesn't solve that problem necessarily no, yeah, either. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, it, it makes it, it a different, like what you're saying, different tone in movie. So again, you have to choose your battles and I'm sure that they, they chose correctly or chose wisely because these things are not easily glossed over. Right. So for sure. No, like, especially like a director like Nia DaCosta, who again, previously made Candyman that has a lot of thematic and, you know, uh, very on the nose type of, uh, comments. Now, outside of that, outside of what's not in this movie, which is, you know, I, and this is, you know, most of that speculation as far as what's going on there, the things in this movie that, you know, if you want to talk about the messiness, I mean, the Kree are here and then they're just kind of gone. We get yeah. to that musical planet, which includes a 
basically a cameo, even though he gets a character poster. And for some reason, Darben doesn't. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> but Park Seo Joon, who's a huge Korean star, he he's introduced in this movie and then he's not in the movie anymore. I like thought he was going to have a larger role, too. You one would like, think, this given, guy's great. Given that he's on all of the posters, as opposed to, again, the lead villain of this film, yeah. I was wondering, okay, so we just kind of ditched this unique planet and the thing that goes on there at, like, pretty close after. Like, that's the stuff where I'm like, well, what are we doing? Like, yeah. you introduce these ideas that I found to be intriguing. Like, I want to see more of what's yeah. going on with the scrolls. I want to see more of what happened to this planet, which essentially gets devastated by the reactions. So it's like, yeah. those are the stuff. same kind of comments that I had, which is like, Hey, there's actually some really interesting things that you're doing here, but there's just not enough time to explore it, including like you're talking about just uh, the planet that, uh, you know, Prince Jan is on, but also what's up with the, the scroll. They're just like, Hey, we just are, our, our, our planet just got Vulcan. Uh, and it's like, you know, no longer in service. And I guess half of us made it out and half of us didn't. But I guess we'll just go live wherever they're going to go live, right? Which might be a spoiler. Eric, any thoughts on that? I, I, I mean, it, it, it is the problem. Like, it, there is like, I, I do. It, I appreciate that. Like, this is a movie that stays under two hours. But yeah, like, there is so much yeah. here that you could make it like two and a half hours. But like, there's too many two and a half hour Marvel movies already. I yeah, agree. Exactly. And, no, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not asking them to like. You know, I'm not actually even asking for like to watch the longer cut. I think sure. in that planet, the water planet thing, I was like, I think the cosmic joke there would have just been that the um the bad guys show up, but it's a different part of the planet. <laughs> There's like, oh no. <laughs> We've got to travel 18 hours to go to the other side of the planet. The singing planet, right? You keep saying the water planet. Like, what planet the are we singing about? The planet, singing yeah. planet. <laughs> well, yeah. with water, though. I know, it but is, that's not, well, that's that not the thing I remember about it. So I remember the fact they all sing. Well, it is I, interesting. I mean, like, interstellar. <laughs> I, I was, like, in reconsideration of it, I was thinking, like, well, it is weird that, like, you do introduce the idea of an entire planet and then only show us, like, this one little tiny sure. portion of it. But yeah. then I remembered, oh, wait, well, it is covered 99% with water. Maybe yeah. really this is... So, like, we learned yeah, a major that, thing about landmass. We learned yeah. a major thing about Captain Marvel's relation to that planet, and the fact that there's a character who seems to be major, like is given like nothing to do. And yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. like Bill Murray he, had he more fights. to do in Ant Man <laughs> this character. <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I agree yeah. that like it, I, you do wish that you could see like because even I will say like on this with the scroll colony, like I kind of just got the sense that it was a small colony, and like all sure. of the scrolls that survived that initial like attack uh like whatever they, they survived the planet is now not hospitable yeah. but with aladna like you do wonder like if all of that if they sucked up all the water and it's now on hollow like what is going on there yeah. Now? exactly so, yeah that's what i wanted and, like, and you like, never the, have any idea yeah the, but, the, so, the yeah. scroll stuff it's like i've got plenty of scrolls i'm good with scrolls even though they yeah. seem right. to be the most yeah. hated, the most hated race in the mcu apparently yeah. oh. but uh <laughs> but i i can oh. deal with that but yeah the, the but then it's like well so now, now let's go to another planet it's like well, give me more than just lip service. Like I, I've literally, like right now, I have no idea what happened to the people on that planet. <laughs> like, they're they're living peacefully with somebody, I guess. <laughs> uh, I had a question for you guys, and sure. you guys don't have to go into full details. But are there things where you're like, oh, that that is in the show? You know what I mean? Like, how much of it did I miss? I mean, there's context for Rambo and and um and kamala ob- obviously kamala yeah. like as far oh, as like what like her, where that man- makes an appearance in the sh- in the show well she's the she's a co-star in wandavision oh i mean oh, she's, she's- oh no yeah, yeah i knew that yeah, yeah. yeah. no i mean yeah, yeah as far as you know it, 
the, that stuff is more like it's it's context for her who her character is if you don't already okay. have a better yeah. idea but the, i think this movie actually fills it in pretty decently but... I, I, like i mean it was like i was saying earlier it gives you everything that you need and then if you want more go to the okay. shows kind yeah. of yeah i would say like, like miss yeah. marvel it fills in like what the bangle is and why she has it and all that and it gives you a lot of yeah. detail in that in fact, regard yeah. I, I am interested actually now to go back and rewatch Ms. Marvel to like know knowing what the origins of the bangle are and like no and then seeing like how it ends up in her hands and like what it ends up doing. Uh yeah. I and mean it, also yeah. but like I mean I guess this is a spoiler for Ms. Marvel. Do I want to do this? I think that's fine for the TV show, right? Aaron guide me. I don't, I don't think you need to do Do you know where far. I'm going with this? Yeah, I do. Uh yeah. Oh. Because she has like a line or two that expounds on things that happen towards the later part of that season. That huh. yeah, okay. I, I don't think you need to go too far. I'll just I can think. I think it's just safe to say if you want to learn more about Kamala and her journey to get to this point, like there's there's worthwhile stuff sure. in there. It's not sure. again required by any means to watch this movie, yeah. but it right. If but it will also if there's one also... if there is one way to advertise the show Miss Marvel, um, which is perfectly fun and really enjoyable and one of the better one of the ones that I would be happy to actually promote <laughs> as far as these shows uh-huh. go. Yeah, go for it. There's a lot to gain out of that. And yeah. I, I mean, really, what I was kind of pointing at, and I'm I'm not going to just throw it out there, but is like there is a certain reveal at the end of the show that this movie doesn't capitalize on in a way that oh. I feel like it could. Okay. Uh, That's fair. But, mm-hmm. So uh, you even treat me even more, Eric. Yeah. So, well, it is isn't. Who are you, an, a Marvel <laughs> spy? <laughs> is that here to make me watch things? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, like, yeah, obviously there's... They're there's... not missing out on anything, but it, it it's not even though this this movie is fuller by watching all of it. It's just more like... It's some, fuller, some it's fuller by default because you just, you would have all, like, every single stitch of info. Okay. But yeah. I can't say that, yeah. like, this movie is remarkably better because sure. you watched Wanda. Eric, I think an example of this is that I didn't watch the... Uh, Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special before uh-huh. I watched the third one, and so when there's like when Mantis says like, "Hey, you know, that's my brother," I was like, "What? What are you guys talking oh, sure. about?" <laughs> and then I watched yeah. the Christmas episode after the movie, and I was like, "Oh, I yeah. I will say, I mean, watching Guardians too, I just assumed that I mean that's what they would be since he's like both of their fathers. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never like it didn't surprise me that it's no, like, it wasn't a big shocker. I was just like, yeah. oh, is this a throwaway line or is this like? A well, it line? is interesting that yeah, it is just kind of like set stated so matter of factly. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, mean, yeah, I do and, understand that. And yes, yeah. in the holiday uh, special, it becomes more of a like that's what her character is considering yeah. now, but, right? Yeah, sure. But yeah, so it, it isn't like I I wouldn't say like I don't think there I mean frankly you'd probably be in a better position to say it like but I don't think that there's anything that stands out in my brain that says like this would be a really throttling line if I didn't I know see. what was going on already so yeah, yeah. Uh, follow question for you guys Brie Larson is back as Captain Marvel Carol Danvers she's kind of had like a rough go in the MCU some people said that she might have been miscast for Captain Marvel um, and she's kind of had like weird interactions of like with some of the fans uh curious what you guys what her her arc is in, in the mcu in your view well i'll put to, i want to, i'd rather reverse that and say the fans have had interactions with her weird interactions with her like there's the like yes. the, yeah yeah I, yeah I, the yeah, amount of effort that's gone into like hating brie larson for reasons that yeah right to, oh, winning an oscar how dare she having <laughs> having opinions about access for press right. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, as far as like how the mcu's treat i mean as far as casting her, it's like the, the she's playing the role of Captain Marvel, who is a yeah. stern and fairly stoic figure. Like there's that's 
she's doing what the comic presents like that's mm-hmm. that's the role um as far as the mcu is concerned it's like i mean a lot of people have there there's so many movies at this point where it's like yeah we got to get to it when we get to it so it's like has she had a lot to do like not necessarily but like mm-hmm. you can say the same about like I don't know. Doctor Strange didn't have a lot to do for a while until he came back eventually. Hey, or... man, he he fought with Pizza Papa. Yeah, like even the um, <laughs> hey, if you want to talk about Pizza Papa, but the best character in the MCU, we can. But that's a whole other episode. But like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I think there's just it, there's kind of like no and like I mean, I will say like there are some characters like for example Hulk, where it's pretty like where it's pretty it's pretty obvious how you map out who this character is like first you have a guy who is infected inflicted with this terrible alternate persona that he can't control then the alternate persona completely takes control then he completely takes control and then they eventually learn to work together like mm-hmm. mcu plays that uh, plays out that hulk arc extremely really well extremely well captain marvel it's not as obvious an arc as to far as where she's going and frankly like i i like I do think, as I was saying earlier, that this movie does a surprisingly good job of kind of saying where she's been and why she hasn't been back. And it's Mm -hmm. because she screwed up and she's not really like super uh, like happy. Like she doesn't really want to face the consequences. The the other the other part of that is she's a god like the like the power, the power set she has is so strong where it's like. How do you make this work with like Shang Chi? Like, sure. like if she was there, the problem would be solved in a second. So it's like you have to like find ways to, me- to like mess around with her to make her power fit sure. within the universe of the Marvel characters. Well, what I was gonna say is that like from the comics, there are like two directions that you could even go with that. One is that uh, like for example, at one point she like taps into the energy of a white hole and becomes known as binary, which is the yeah, uh, well, I'm not gonna get into that. There, yeah, there's other characters, but uh, <laughs> but like, but she, but she literally just like becomes a cosmic god on that level, and so like there are certain implications that can be taken from that. On the other hand, uh, there is a development in the comics where Rogue ended up taking Captain some of Captain Marvel's powers, uh, which ended up getting uh, giving Rogue the ability like, to fly. Yeah, the, rogue then, the, the Rogue in the cartoons is the Rogue that's that's basically exactly. stolen yes. Marvel powers. Oh, super uh, cool. But but then you have the whole consequence of Captain Marvel, who has spent 30, 40 years of her life being have, being this cosmic superhero, suddenly not having those abilities anymore so mm-hmm. like there, there's always directions for it to go and brie larson is an incredibly talented actor who right. i would fully trust with the future of this role and again like so, there's so much that's well done within the dynamic between these three actors in this in this film so yeah yeah we yeah. talked a lot about well we just talked about brie larson we talked a lot about iman villani what do you guys think of tiana paris in this film bringing it yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's bringing it. I think that she's we we talked about the whole over Dungeon Longo, but I think that she's got some of the emotional beats in this movie that that have it covered. Um, but also, uh, but no, there is also um, an element of her just being a really smart person, like she's the smartest person in the room kind of thing. Yeah, um, which I really enjoyed as well because you know, it, like what you guys are saying, it's not discussed as to like, oh well, she's like you know an aeronautical engineer or something like that. It's just more like, no, she knows how to fix ships. She knows how to do spacewalks, even though it's super dangerous. Um, and uh, she's really good at her job. 
and, and I like that she also just doesn't talk. She doesn't like she has a certain like emotional awkwardness to her where she doesn't talk down to the room, like where she just where she knows shit. And so like when somebody asks her for an explanation, she explains it. Yeah. And like it, it, it's an interesting take of hers that I appreciate throughout. Like it comes back repeatedly throughout the movie. So and uh, I, I, it's good for as both a comedic bit and as kind of just telling us who Monica is. And I thought she brought it in those in that respect. So yeah. and again, like like the emotional haunting of having Captain Marvel out of her life for the last 30 years. I, I would agree. And not to like default to this thought every time, but you have, you know, Dagonia uh, DaCosta, who directed her in Candyman as well. Um, mm-hmm. You have, you know, a, a black female director directing a black actress within this universe. There there are choices that are made that I do think reflect without like the MCU specifically being like, let's figure out how to like handle these aspects. I think there's a way that a character presents themselves that makes a difference when you're trying to play into certain aspects of who you are and where you stand versus other where other people stand within the the scope of things having nick fury around is always a nice bit of business too so like having the two interact um there's just a there's a quality there that yeah. is not always reflective when it comes to the various people that you mainly see in the mcu right um let's see what else i, I like i know there's a whole mcu discussion that i have questions yeah. about and what that we can get to well i want to see if there's anything else specifically with um that, like i meant i meant i mentioned the music a bit did you have any further comments on the the music i think you mentioned you had something uh no it's just that the i i dig what they were doing with uh, pop culture music especially um the intergalactic planetary um but yeah i don't i don't the music in the mcu hasn't really been hitting my my ear notes that much lately but nothing remarkable i'd say yeah, I would yeah, say like I, I like what Ludwig Göransson did for Wakanda Forever. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Aside, I I keep on forgetting those are part of the MCU. But yeah, <laughs> it's like Kugler just like is making it's, his own movies. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's elevated superhero movies. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I bet like less involved, less with the score, more of like just like soundtrack mm. choices, just because that's some like it seems like Captain Marvel wanted to start something with that, and this one's following through a bit on it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I dig, I, like I said, I like that intergalactic uh, montage and I feel like I was just waiting for the movie to do something like spe- so super specifically choreographed with it, but then like it doesn't really, like, like the third act fight is not the best. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. Last question before we get to MCU talk. Without delving into it, did you guys appreciate the post credit scene that we got here? mid credits, Very much so. The well, yeah. There's only a mid credits. So yes, sure. The mid credit scene. Mid credits. It's fine. Absolutely. I I I very much appreciate it. Yeah, I think it was fine. It's a good I tease. Mean, I have a I have an issue with it, but it does delve into spoilers. So yeah. my issue is a character that could have been like, hey, you know what? Makeup looks great, and it was like, I'm not doing that though. There it is. <laughs> that was that, that was the complaint. Yeah. Oh, we are just deciding not to do. We're just not doing SFX makeup anymore. Yeah. Like that's a big old bummer. Uh, like that really sucks. <laughs> if you, if you, uh, let's not do that. If you want to, if you want to see the value of makeup versus um, CG washes, this yeah. is a great example of what things can do. Sure. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like the fact that like I appreciate the presence. I yeah. just yeah that, but that that irked me, and yeah. uh, I really hope that's not indicative of anything to come. I hope not because you know, people have aged. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um. So this movie, 
Um, yes. it, it opened to $47 million this weekend. Okay. Uh, which is not high. In fact, this is the lowest Marvel opening. What was its budget? Whatever. It's like $200 million. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever they want to tell us it is. <laughs> but it's 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 not cheap. Um, and uh, this is not a good reflection of what Marvel generally delivers when it comes to these openings of these movies. No. Now, there's more questions with the MCU, but like one does wonder, well, why did this happen? I certainly have a few answers, but I, I'm curious, like, what is that? When you hear that, what does that mean to you? I think to me, it just means that people, uh, it's not even that there's, you know, I have gone through my own MCU fatigue, but I think that they're just, I don't know if they're selling it correctly. Cause again, uh, I think I saw last week that they were doing a go watch the Marvels in theaters this weekend. And it was a, a ton of stuff that you had seen in previous movies. And then a lot of like back chatter. It's like, if you guys just sold me on a fun romp with, you know, these three Marvel characters, that's a pretty good selling point. And I, I don't, I, I don't want to point to the Ghostbusters movie with Kate McKinnon and all those other folks where it's like, well, an all female led cast is the reason why this movie bombs. Like, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I think it's just more of like, they, I don't know if they really knew how to, to, get the right people into the seats and well, we, uh-huh. i will say I, I i and this is a thought and like and I've, I've kind of even felt this over the last few weeks where it's i kind of felt like marvel studios maybe a little punted on this one mm-hmm. uh but honestly a big part of it is like i do wonder if not having brie larson Tayona paris and amon Vellani together to kind of sell this movie sure. considering they are the biggest selling point in their energy together because of the sag after strike if that at a sincere, at a sincere detriment, and like Marvel Studios didn't really have a choice but to release this movie now. Like within like their, I mean, with the way that their schedule turned out, like I, I do want actually now that I think about it, maybe they could have pushed this to twenty twenty four to just kind of join Deadpool three as the one and only movie mm-hmm. of next year. But like I, I do wonder if like they just like that just that kind of handcuffed them a little bit in just far, just as far as promoting what this movie is, but also it's just, I, yeah. And like, it didn't have the same kind of buzz buildup and MCU just like, it used to be the movies like that you, we would get two to three of them per year and they were really surprisingly great comic book films. Like they were there was a reliable they were a reliable source of like really good blockbuster entertainment and like obviously not universally beloved, but a damn a hell of a lot of people love them. And that like assurance of quality has not necessarily been as strong since and since the end of Endgame. Uh they've tripped up a few times at this point. Like I didn't love Black Widow. Uh, I sure. think Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania is the worst MCU film. And this one, like, it, it's not as it's not as strong as like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, or like the other some of the other best like second chapters in the MCU. And so, like, and then when you also add in the fact that like the Disney Plus window is where it is, and like the fact that in a few weeks you'll be yeah. able to watch this probably with your family at home during the either Thanksgiving or Christmas, like like I, I feel like that hurts a certain bit of urgency, but that's just an industry problem in general. Like I, I, I mean, I could go in a whole fucking tangent about Five Nights at Freddy's and how goddamn Universal completely shit the bed with the release of that film. But like, it, it, I, I think there are a lot of factors that right. go into why this has happened that go far beyond just like quote unquote superhero fatigue or like 
the tiring of totally, yeah. Marvel content. I, I should add that, you know, I would factor in the SAG after thing as kind of just also a part of my opinion. But Aaron, what are your, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I would say that's one of the biggest factors that, mm-hmm. yes, you couldn't get the three stars of this film to just be on every talk show, be on every, you know, yeah. anything possible to just sell their chemistry. Cause that's, that is this, that is what we praised about this movie just now. That's what we yes, talked about. The, them, them together is fun. And that's a big deal. I mean, it, it may not seem that way to some of us where we, like we do this stuff every day as far as reporting on news or things, but like the average person, you know, if they see those three on TV or whatnot, that's a, that's a big inspiration as to why they should go to the theaters to see it that weekend and not wait till later. <laughs> the other, I mean, there's a reason why they do those like talk yeah, shows. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's why, that's why there's so many like clips and things of all these stars online doing it. Cause there's just plenty of like material that sticks around and is fun. Sure. On top of that, um what i i mean i what i hate so much is that like the fact that this movie didn't do so well gives like the troll so much fuel as far sure, as that. i know, you know I, I don't like it, that either it gives that that darker so i don't even get to get into a part but that darker side of the internet gets i already mentioned it earlier with ghostbusters they get a, yeah exactly they get a lot to work with now because of the reasons they want to feel point out why it didn't do well but i think it stands to reason that in addition to the field being pretty flooded with this stuff which especially comes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, given that there's multiple TV shows, multiple movies all in one year, you know, if it's good, it's good and it works. I mean, Guardians 3 did just fine. There's no problem. Yeah, there. it's the biggest film of the year. Absolutely. Uh-huh. But with this movie, I think being a sequel to Captain Marvel, what hurts is that there's less stakes because that movie came out, made a billion in dollars and change. It came out in between Avengers films where people were just right. chomping at the bit to be like, I need to know what's going to happen next with Thanos and that story. Not, ju- not just in between. It was the last one. Before, like it was, the, la- yeah, it was the one leading yeah. up to the biggest film essentially of all time r- sure. for that moment. Yeah. Um, so it's like, OK, I, I definitely got to see that. It's also, you know, the first, quote unquote, uh, female led Marvel movie. Sure. Uh, it, you know, it has a a fresh quality as far as I haven't seen Brie Larson, the star do this thing and this specific thing before. There's just something unique about that. This movie doesn't have a lot of those things. There's not a, there's not necessarily stakes in the same way where people have to race to theaters because they're worried about what's going on with the Thanos side of things. They're coming into this kind of mixed area of the MCU where it's like, I guess there's a story that's building to something and it's not fresh in the same way anymore. Right. There's been multiple female led superhero movies. There's been, more and more stuff that kind of satisfies a certain itch and there's you know it's not selling anything that's necessarily new beyond the fact that it's like hey what if there was three of them right. and they all have glowy hands like that's that's not a lot in the scheme of things when you know people are choosy to a point but you know people are still going to the movies but like yeah i can see how this doesn't necessarily have the same pull that other marvel movies in the past have that really have something that fe- makes it stand out from the others mm-hmm. i mean hell i mean if you look at ant-man and the lost quantum mania like i mean the reason why it's opening weekend stood out is because people were excited about the arrival of kang and then people realized in second weekend that it wasn't a good movie and so they stopped <laughs> going so well, it's like, like that it's like it's the you know it's the first big movie of the year so it's like yeah, it has that going sure. for it. like there's just something that where it's like you know we've been starred for marvel for so long apparently we need this and now you know here we're the we're at the third marvel movie of this year and it just has mm-hmm. less to go on yeah. yeah and it is in the aftermath of like not only ammon and the wasp quantum mania being a disappointment but also like secret invasion was 
quite lackluster. That didn't help sure. either, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And they currently so, have Loki on TV, where it's like, well, I'm already watching Marvel. Do I need to go see Marvel elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, that was a, that, it's definitely Eric's point, too, which is like, hey, they know that the window is going to be pretty soon uh, to be on Disney+. Plus. So, so, like, so is, there, is there a better way to have done this? I don't know. I don't know if pushing it suddenly solves the problem. Yeah, Especially you tell everybody yeah. that Disney Plus is no longer available, and you make it only in theaters. And then you give Disney Plus back after 60 days. Uh, especially because this movie already got pushed four times beforehand. Right. That's, that's, that is really kind of what I was getting at earlier. Is like, it, I mean, if we look at the schedule now in the aftermath where Deadpool is the only 2024 film, like <laughs> maybe it does like we could say we could say, yeah, we'll push Marvel's there. Then you can get a full promotional push. But yeah, like Marvel's at this point, like if I'm not mistaken, yeah, this movie was originally supposed to come out in March. Like I think it was originally supposed to be the first film of 2023. Yeah. Ended up flipping with Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy. So like, yeah. So I mean, it, it was scheduled for. I have it exactly. It was. It was. It was scheduled for July, uh, 2022. Then it was November 2022. 22. Then it was February 17th, 2023. Then it was, it was July 2023. Wow. Like, it had all these dates, which yeah. also goes into why Nia DaCosta moved on to another project because it's like hey i made the movie already it's yeah. done like I gotta, I've, I gotta get a page I've, I've had yeah. to keep delaying other things that i work on that other you know thousands of other people also work on i can't just right. keep not being there i gotta go on to another thing which is and i will also say which is I'm... entirely familiar for any director oh, yeah. like that's right. not new like, by any means yeah. absolutely and, and i am encouraged by what she's been doing like not not only do i really like Candyman in this but like her first film little woods, little woods is, is great. great yeah yeah mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I I and the, the like the fact that she is being as eclectic as she is and like choosing different genres and telling very different stories, I, I'm excited for where she goes from yeah. here. Agreed. Like I, I there is like a, a building narrative about this because of that box office that sucks. And frankly, I like I and I, I feel like this is a movie that we are in a decade going to look back on and reappraise and appreciate to a greater degree. I mean, I'm still standing here I being hope. like Thor: The Dark World is one of the best shot Marvel movies. So, like, I, I'm fully happy to be like, yeah, this movie was always fine. <laughs> like, there was yeah. ne- there was never an issue. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. Sorry. Um, well, you stay over there. So I. <laughs> so in general, looking at the Marvels and you know keeping you know, what happened in mind here and what have you, where where are you with the MCU now? Like, what what what's the best course going forward? Like, what do you what are you anticipating next? Where how do you feel about where we are at this stage? I feel like I, I'm not equipped to answer this because I haven't seen all the stuff. So I'm curious what you guys have to say about this. Well, honestly, the one of the big like for okay, so it is a complicated question. Uh, for starters, like one of the weirder issues that Marvel's been dealing with is like I feel like we've been seeing so much like off-world stuff. Like, I mean, if you think about it, like this year we got Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, which mostly takes place within Quantum Realm, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which completely takes place in outer space, and Captain Marvel, which is almost entirely in outer space. Like, what's actually going on on the ground in in the MCU is, and, and even like Wakanda and like, uh, and uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the name of Namor's kingdom, jeez. Uh, uh, Telecon. Telecon, yes. Thank you. It, it, it's kind of like an, an existing world within itself. And obviously Thor is off world as well. And like, it, it just feels like it, there has been a lack of like what's been going on on the ground and on Earth. What's, but what's also- funny is you saying that like there's so many complaints of like, you got to watch the shows to get it. And what you just described is a bunch of standalone movies that do not require you to watch anything else. Right. Well, mm-hmm. but they do. There's that. But then they do that. But also like 
they do also each set up their own teases for what is supposed to be coming in the future. <laughs> they do. Like, I, like Thor Love and Thunder gives us uh, like Thor having a kid and the arrival of Hercules. Uh, Eternals Black has Hedrick. like three different things it sets up. Eternals, yeah, exactly. Eternals, <laughs> like, it teases Blade, Black Knight, and uh, like an Atron- Harry Styles Atron- and, 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 and Harry yeah, Styles his brother. Oswald. Ghostbusters, like, Patton Oswald. <laughs> it's just like the ends and and this one has uh, doubles down it gives us a right uh, it gives us two teases as well for right. a, what's coming in the future and like eventually you have to start satisfying some of these teases before you keep adding to it and like that is a problem right now especially because like phase four and phase five we haven't actually had any well like we've had so many franchise starters but no follow-ups yet like we haven't actually like followed up with shang chi or like we i mean i guess we've kind of followed up with black widow uh in the florence Pugh version uh a little bit via hawkeye but uh but like we're still kind of waiting on more of that and like so like the story doesn't like it, it feels like the mcu is getting more disparate without building at this point like you're building kind of like the base of the pyramid without going up uh and they need to start escalating things because obviously they have big plans in the horizon with uh kang and uh secret wars and fantastic four so like it doesn't at this point it feels like you're putting a lot of pieces out on the playing field but you haven't actually capitalized on any of them yet and they got to start doing that and i guess yeah so i guess my question when it comes to that is well, why? <laughs> like, well, I... because it's out there. Because, because, like, because it's not satisfying to have each movie out there saying, like, well, this is coming as well, and then they say, like, okay, but first we're gonna do this, and by the way, this is coming as well, and and by the way, we'll eventually get there, but you know, we also have this, and this sure. is coming as well, and it's just like, I, I, that is exciting, but at the same time, you also like have to say, like, are are we getting hercules is there are we getting more hercules so if i if i if i lean off of the idea of the box office is going to start reflecting the fact that certain audiences are maybe satisfied with not getting follow-ups in time if i take that out of it because who cares about money right guys <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not our money um i'm sitting here thinking do is the fact that like 10 seconds worth of a thing that teases something else is that really bothering me as a person that i'm not immediately getting that and i'm instead getting some other comic book movie like that's i mean that's what that, that, that that's where i rest that's where my my priorities yeah. don't seem to be too geared towards i definitely need the follow-up on this right this second or else i'm gonna get bored by this stuff but i guess the thing is like it's almost a, there's kind of like a boy who cried wolf kind of thing to it where it's like I, yeah i definitely you aren't going to like I'm not going to get excited for these teases if you keep giving me a tease and then not following up on it. Sure. Well, then like, here's my question to that. Do you think they won't have them? Like, do you think they won't come? I mean, hell, I mean, we I have mean, not everyone keeps talking about Eternals that giant scene. robot from the Eternals that might be yeah. at the North Pole. <laughs> like, there, there's, a lot of, like there's, that, that, there's a lot of follow-up. Here's my there. response to that thing, by the way, because I see that come up and it's like, <laughs> no, one's re- no one's talked about this thing in Eternals. And I'm like, well, what do you expect them to do? Do you expect <laughs> Thor to like be like, there hey, is an hey, Easter hold egg. On, like, hold on, hey, J- hey, Jane, how's it going? By the way, that thing from a few years ago that's sticking out in the ocean, <laughs> did you see that? Isn't that nuts? But anyway, let's get back to our movie. Yes, now. I do want like, that to happen. I don't know what you're supposed to expect from that. Like, these, there like, is an Easter egg. Especially because these characters are, well, the only characters we deal with are these super characters that are traveling through space and fighting aliens all the time what would it what difference does it make that there's like some random statue in the water it's like yeah i saw that like three times the other day like why would they talk about it's it? also in the north pole and nobody really goes to the north pole right i just i don't get what that 
you know, years later, it's like, why are Aaron, we still you can't see about it, this? but it's it's me pushing my glasses, being like, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't I don't know what conversations like. Let's this constantly is, this reference is, this. This is thing. the uh, this is what's happening at the itchy and scratchy voice comic convention. I'm just like, excuse <laughs> me, in episode four four dash two, uh, itchy hits the same tone with the the striking with a bone. Same rib twice, paper. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I stopped you, Eric. But like, so I so I'm asking, do you think that there do you think that there won't be answers to these things that are being set up? I mean, it, it's just, I mean, it, it, it doesn't help that also that there's only going to be Deadpool next year. And like, and there is going to be a lot of on Deadpool's shoulders as far as like satisfying the X-Men side of things. But it's just like, I mean, if I'm looking at the upcoming slate, I'm not seeing movies that are going to answer the questions that currently exist. Okay. Uh, well, not all of the questions, let me put it that way. But like, uh, like for example, like Val, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus's uh, Valerina Fontaine, uh, Allegra de Fontaine, mm-hmm. like that is getting satisfied. I was going to drop you from this call if you didn't get her yeah. whole name right. So good, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, so like, I mean, I, I, I get there is, it is on the way, but I guess at the same time, it's like, Thor having a daughter like if uh, if you're not like we don't know what the future of Thor is right now in the MCU we don't know if that will ever become an actual... I mean we got four Thor movies am I really concerned yeah, if like no, Thor's daughter like gets another follow-up like any but I guess <laughs> that, that is kind of the thing and like I don't know it's just like uh, I, I'm, I hear what you're saying I I, 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 completely, saying I respect is, what you're saying I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate to an extent here sure, but, totally. but, it, yeah. but it's also like if the problem is just patience, I can deal with patience. Like that's that seems okay. to be the issue yeah. you're describing. Part, part to of me. it is patience, but I think the other part of it is also just again, uh, don't set me up for things that will never happen. And that's and why that's I asked not the a other, patience thing. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked the other question. It's like I I don't see a scenario where we don't get the follow ups to these things. It just takes time, and it like but, it's not like I, I'm not I, I guess, flooded with other superhero movies to like bide my time if that's what I really need. But I guess it is. But but like for I mean I I keep going back to this Hercules, but like. The, the Hercules post-credit sequence, like the idea is that Zeus wants revenge against Thor, so he's sending Hercules out to get him. Mm-hmm. Like, I may have confidence that Hercules will show up again, but do I really have said it? Like, am I totally confident that we'll actually see the plot play out where Hercules is hunting out Thor? Like, that's gonna be tricky. Like, well, I, I, I don't, I don't so, like where so does my, that fit? In? So, my like, question of that is, yeah. is that essential? Like, do you like? But, do, I mean, it is, is essential that... if you are teasing it. But I mean that kind of a tease. I'm not saying it's it, it like that'll never happen. But like, is is your world really going to change if like you never got the answer to what that question was beyond just being like a fun thing at the end? No, but again, Com- like, compared it, to it, some it, of these it other really ones, has that nothing seem to very do with Thor. It has more to do with the next time I go see a Marvel movie and I like see what they are teasing. Am mm-hmm. I saying like, well, will I see that actually satisfied before 2030? Like, <laughs> what happens fair. at 2030? I don't know. Oh, okay, like, does the world blow up? Oh, the Doomsayer over here. <laughs> My favorite X Men, Doomsayer. Yeah. Um, is that a character? Is that a character? Doomsayer. Gotta be. Gotta be. Doomsayer gotta be. comics searching right now. I will say that there is. Uh, it's a DC character. Yeah. Um, and it's called Doomslayer. Uh, but the so not Doomsayer then. Not yet. So we so patent pending. Um, Pat Oswald patent. Um, I will say Eric, I because I I don't disagree with you. Like again, I'm like trying to like throw this just to like get more out of this yeah. conversation. So, but I'll, I, I'll give you guys my lazy man take after Aaron but, goes. But I I do feel like some of these teases to me 
they do feel more essential than others, regardless of which characters are spotlighted in them. When I see like Charlie's Theron pop in to talk about a major incursion in Doctor and and Doctor Strange is like, okay, let me let my, let me open up that third eye that I got used to pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> like that feels like well, we're definitely going to see more of that. That's like a Avengers related event that's going to go uh-huh. down at some point. Versus something like the Hercules thing, where it's like that just honestly seems like a fun beat to me. Like if they get to it, they get to it. But I'm not like. That just seems like, yeah, another adventure with Thor happened eventually. Like, that's not something uh-huh. where I'm like, I, I can't wait for that to finally get followed up on. Yeah. Sure. And just but, to and- just to be the jerk on the side, just sitting on my couch, I was like, if it happens, it happens, Eric. I'll, sure. I'll, I'll go no, I mean, I, I guess it is more of a volume problem than a I know what you mean, though. Yeah. Problem. Because I think I've been there, too, where I have been eagerly anticipating, oh, I'm curious what they're going to do with, like, you know, uh, Adam in guns galaxy volume two which they did do in volume three but you know it did take a while and uh, there was a lot of buzz around this and that there's always going to be a buzz around this and that and i think that it doesn't really help also when you have a major character kind of uh introduced and having some weird you know personal turmoil right now and we're just not really sure what's going to happen like what are they going to focus on and you know uh, that's not a good feeling either but i think as far as like the mcu goes this is again where I have not checked out, but I'm very. I think I'm I'm much more in like cas- casual observer mode now. I'm just like, oh, I'll watch the movies. And I think if you guys are mentioning that I should watch Ms. Marvel, I'll go check out Ms. Marvel. Like right. I would, I I, I don't love you. I don't. I'm not far from your where your point of view is, Abe. Like the, the I watch these movies and I watch the shows, but it's because mm-hmm. I the shows because I find the time to. But it's not a yeah. matter of. I'm studying up on them so I know every detail. Like I watched that fucking Secret Invasion, which sucks, and I, I can't. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything that necessarily happened beyond some basic. Is beats. Ben Mendelsohn in that show? He is. He is. Okay, and uh, you won't see him again because that show sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's that's oh, why. No. That's the reason. Uh, because it's very. You might be wondering why is Ben Mendelsohn not in this Captain Marvel? I, I did wonder that. And if you watch Secret Invasion somewhere, if you get Secret Invasion, you you'll get that answer. You won't be happy about it, but you'll get the answer. <laughs> um, but no, I, what I'm saying is, I, I'm I too would call myself a casual like viewer. It's just like you know, I, I retain the stuff, but like sure. I would yeah, say, yeah. like I, you know, it's not like my top ten list is filled with nothing but Marvel here. Like it's 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 like yeah, I watch them, <laughs> I enjoy them, and I moved on with my life. Like that's fine. Yeah. I and just to add to that too, like you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes a while to build a universe. I mean, things take sure. time. Things sure. get bigger. It takes yeah. longer to make stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm also curious, again, Devil's Advocate, it's like, are we seeing the fall of Rome too? I think that may be where Eric is also going. So I, it's what I, you know, we've, we've heard, you know, the Marvel universe is dying since age of Ultron didn't do as well as the Avengers. So it's like, I don't, yeah. I can't like chalk up, you know, a movie's not underperformance to being like, and that's the end of the Avengers. Like, I that just seems bizarre to me. To uh-huh. think, like, it's it's over because of this one thing after a unique scenario where the stars couldn't even promote the movie. Like, that's hard to. And again, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is, is the, the fourth, fourth biggest, biggest movie of the year. Of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, like yeah. and you know, Deadpool Three, whenever it comes out, will be fucking ginormous. Like, absolutely. So it's like I can't. You know, letting me a lot of Wrexham fans going. If to people, season. if exactly the 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 Rob McElhenney fans will be showing up in droves. <laughs> um, I I can't speak to the idea that uh because the it's popular on the internet to make fun of Marvel that MCU is over now because this specific movie didn't do as well as every other. No, movie. yeah, and I, I'm certainly not taking that take either. I think that you know 
with the books that are being written and also sort of the interviews that are being happening um, about just how fortuitous Marvel has been. Um, I'm not saying that the death of Marvel at all. I think, you know, I think you said it in the review part where Kevin Feige certainly has ideas and he, he he's really invested himself in the comic books, which is good. Um, so he's always going to have something to do. But, um, you know, when you read about how they ran into Thanos or and you read about sort of uh, how they ran into maybe even Iron Man, you know, in 2008, um, it certainly seems like a stroke of luck was a lot with it, too. And again, the stuff with Jonathan Majors is not a good thing for them, especially when they kind of were like, well, where do we go after the Thanos Infinity Saga? We should go into uh, Secret Wars and also the Kang Dynasty. And and now that might be up in the air. So it's, it's tumultuous. And I have no doubts that they're going to be able to still make a bajillion bucks uh, at the movie theaters it's just more of you know how do you do you invest in things that are are sort of what i would call stepping stone type movies or piecemeal type movies or something like this the marvels where it feels like it's standalone even though it has a lot of attachments to other things including the television series um, and it can lead off into other future projects with the mid-credits thing or the credits thinger but um it, it again like are you just making things for the sake of of um of uh episodically making them movies which i felt a lot of the ant-man movies were unfortunately but uh i i if you stuck to your if you stuck to let's make movies for the sake of being good movies um and if if we have to like write in some some tags here and there then let's do that but otherwise like this is just a movie about you know I don't know, Sue Storm or the the Fantastic Four or what have you, that'd be a really strong rebound. So we'll just have to see where things go. I mean, yeah. Kevin, uh, call us. We got ideas, baby. I will say. I mean, I don't you have know. have a number? I don't. Well, yeah, it's it's 555-F-E-G-E. It's not <laughs> how you spell Feige. It's how you spell Feige, but it, you know, I have to fit the title. <laughs> I will say they, you know, they brought on Mahershala Ali, two-time Academy Award winner, and the fact that there, you know, so much of that. I keep forgetting he's he won for Green Book. So much of those the the recent <laughs> stories have been about like how Blade is so difficult, and I'm just sitting here thinking like this guy like called you on the phone is like I want to be Blade, and you're like yeah. I don't know how we can satisfy that. Like, come on, guys, like this yeah. can't be that hard. Get it together. Make Mahershala Ali look cool wearing sunglasses while killing vampires. That yeah, is, let him let him have, have one MF. Like we could write that script tonight. Like that's not <laughs> like, that's not that hard. Are you challenging me? I don't. Here? Why 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 does this need five writers and multiple directors to figure this out? <laughs> like, that's all. They want to they want to get you know schlocky vampire lines like oh no that guy ordered garlic on his pizza. Like when news came out this week, it's like director assures R rating for Blade. I'm like, what am I eight? Like give me like, tell me like we assure you that we're gonna have a fucking scene as cool as the rave scene from the first Blade. That'll get excited for me. I, I like, bet you they will not. But... <laughs> I, I know they won't. There is no world where they will match anything that is better than most of the MCU, which is that rave right. scene in Blade. <laughs> but... Yeah, or so... bullets that make you explode into uh, bright sun dust. Exactly that. So if all that out of the way, back to the Marvels. We talked about this movie. We all enjoyed it. We all think it's a fun time. When should people go and see the Marvels? Eric, when should people see this movie? I mean, it, it's a big screen movie. Like it, it's to be seen with a crowd. It's a spectacle. I mean, see it now. Hey. Yeah, matinee dollar theater. There you go. I think this movie's fun. I think it delivers what I want out of a Marvel movie in general. As I said, go see it in the theater. All right. We did it. We talked a lot about the Marvels and about yes, the did. Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's Is that right. the uh, the pro- antagonist of the Carvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe with all these ice cream cakes? 
the Carvel Cinematic Universe. Oh my God, the Raging Cajun, my favorite character yes. in comics. Be careful. <laughs> He's great. He fights Doomslayer at one point. Mm. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's move on. To, hey, what time is it over here? Time for a quick game. Woo. Eric, did you know that originally Aaron asked for them to play that tune when the the bangle is worn? But they're like, no, it's too soft. We can't afford it. So that's true. True story. True story. And the appropriation wasn't helpful either. But I did notice that two of those notes came from when you hit the same bone twice. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you go hang out in the Imaginarium, young man? (laughs) All right. I have a game for you guys this week. It is called You Are Marvelous. Oh. The Marvelous Movie Quotes from the MCU game. I'm going to read you various inspirational quotes from the MCU films, and you have to tell me which film it is from. Okay. Not the character, just the film. Just the, if you want to name the character, that'd be cool too. Okay. But uh, yeah, the the film it's from. That's what you got to do. Buzz in with your name if you think you know the answer, and read out the answer. Sounds okay. good. Okay, here we go. First one. Your work on Atlanti Electron Collisions is unparalleled, and I'm a huge fan of the way you lose control and turn into enormous great rage monster. Eric. Avengers. That is the Avengers. There you go. Eric on the board. Robert Dan Jr. Here he goes. Next one. I don't have to prove anything to you. That's an affirmative marvelous quote? Yes. Don't have to. Don't have to prove anything to you. Abe. Abe. Black Widow. Incorrect. Mm. You're on the right track. Ooh. There you go, Eric. Steal. Uh, uh, Jesus. Eric. Avengers Age of Ultron? Incorrect. The answer is Captain Marvel. Said by Captain Marvel. Oh, Jesus. I don't remember that at she all. She says right. that to Jude Law after she blasts him into oh, a wall. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Okay, it's yeah. a very powerful yeah. moment for the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. Here's the next one. Yeah, it's not about how much we lost; it's about how much we left have left. Ooh, that is Eric. a good quote, Eric. I think it's Avengers Endgame. It is Avengers Endgame. There we go. Wow, like Widow, yeah. making me all feel like I'm ready to go fight Thanos by myself. That's great. <laughs> Here's the next one. Okay. We never lose our demons. We only learn to live above them. Eric. Eric? Shane Black classic, Iron Man 3. It's incorrect. What? Abe. Abe? Captain America Civil War. Also incorrect. It's actually Tilda Swinton's character, the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Ah, should have gotten that. Sure. That's a good quote. Mm -hmm. Repeat it. We never lose our demons. I actually deleted Mordo. We only lived. We only learned to live above them. Huh. I guess maybe. Hey, maybe you just said we don't. We don't blank. <laughs> no, no, There's a not. demons quote in Iron Man three that there I'm is. Not, You're not yeah, wrong. Yeah. I think that's where my brain went. So this yeah, is yeah. also a game that I'm trying to make you lose. So <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to trick you. Yeah. You still ahead though, Eric. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> Abe's not on the board yet. No. Nope. <laughs> You're tied with me. Um, <laughs> here's the next one. I make grave mistakes all the time. Everything seems to work out. Ooh, um, Abe. Abe. Spider-Man n- Far From Home. Incorrect. Uh, I make grave mistakes all the time. Everything seems to work out. Hmm. Eric Ant-Man? Incorrect. I, yeah. The key here is neither of those characters say grave mistakes. That's a very old-timey kind of phrasing, which is why it's from Thor Captain Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Oh, okay. oh. It's a very godlike. Uh, yeah, said said by uh, Stan uh, uh, as his cameo. Got it. Here's the next one. 
Mm-hmm. The hardest choices require the strongest wills. Abe. Abe. Avengers Infinity War. That's correct. Yeah. That's I, I, was, I liked how, how confident you were. No, <laughs> I, I, had, I had to think about that. Like, I can't remember what the name is. Still out of your mouth like molasses. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. Stay who you are. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. Eric. Eric. Captain America, the first Avenger. That's right. That's the Tooch. Yeah. Oh, that was the Tooch? That's the, of course, it's the Tooch. Man. Yeah. Well, if you said it with, like, you know, a German accent, yeah. Stay who you are. Well, I imagine it with him pushing good, a man. finger into Chris Evans's fake little boy chest. <laughs> yeah. Little boy chest? I love when uh, Timothy Ch- Chalamet played little boy chest in Captain America. <laughs> <Avenger>. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, here's the next one. All right. The early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Eric, is that Iron Man 3? That is Iron Man 3. Uh, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Shane Black. You're the best. Here's the next <laughs> one. Just because something works doesn't mean it can't be improved. Hmm. Abe. Abe. Iron Man Dose? Incorrect. Okay. Eric. Eric. Avengers Age of Ultron? Incorrect. It is Black okay. Panther. Ah, oh, sure, he okay. says that. Oh, I can see sure. that. Yeah. Yes, about the suit. Yeah, exactly. Dang it! I have a suit that works perfectly fine, just because it works. I mean, it can't be improved. Yeah. Here's the next one. He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. Oh, oh, fuck! Wait. He buzz in if you don't have it. Doesn't have it. I have right? it, but I'll, I'm gonna let Eric. What? Go. <laughs> Wait. Hey, boy. <laughs> Abe. Oh God, Eric! God, go ahead, Eric. Galaxy Volume Two, of course. Yeah, Volume Two. Yeah, John, do Jesus. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. What is this blindness? You're trying to win. He had it. He was on I'm the not tip taking of, it. No, yeah. he, he, he it was on the tip of Eric's tongue. I was like, no, he's got it. He's no, I, 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 I'm seeing that. I don't. I don't need. A, I don't need a gift. <laughs> I forgot this was called out now with Aaron and Charity. <laughs> we're trying to get these guests back Aaron oh yeah Eric's gonna leave us oh you're right I'm never game. coming back ever yeah. again <laughs> I don't care about our two hour marbles discussion I lost the fucking game <laughs> here's the next one I mean, I'm not gonna be on the leaderboard hey, list guess. <laughs> um, okay I can't control their fear only my own hmm Buzzing oh. in now. <laughs> oh, uh, oh shit! Oh, Eric, Eric, Captain America: Civil War. That is Civil War. Oh Correct. wow, hey, that's from Wanda. Wanda. It is from Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. Two more. Okay. You are the product of all who came before you, the legacy of your family. You are your mother, and whether you like it or not, you're also your father. Ooh. So many daddy issues. In tough the quote. Abe. Abe. Iron Man three. Incorrect. Mm. Uh, Eric, Ant-Man and the Wasp? Incorrect. It is from Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Dang it! That does make sense now. <laughs> I need more of that. I need more Shang-Chi. That character needs to come back. Damn it. Yeah. I feel like it's been forever. Yeah, I might just, I might just, just put that movie on tomorrow. It's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun movie. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a Ken now. <laughs> Here's the last one. Okay. The measure of a person, of a hero is how well they succeed at being who they are. Ooh. Abe. Yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Incorrect. Mm. Eric, Spider-Man Far From Home? It's not Spider-Man. It is Rene Russo in Avengers Endgame. Oh, Avengers Endgame, okay. I really wow. like that, really yeah, like that quote. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. 
Uh, well, it's a tie, but not between Abe and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice way of saying it. No, he gets the point for the Guardians of the Galaxy too. Okay, on. great. Yeah, Abe got yeah. two then, and <laughs> Eric's five or six. Wow, five. Um, but I also got six. Um, <laughs> I won't use the tiebreaker because I know the answer already, but I will give the tiebreaker okay. to you guys anyway for funsies because who doesn't okay. like fun? Let's do um, it. I want you both to guess what is the combined domestic total of every first sequel in the MCU? That's a great question. Now, here's here, now for the, let me here, I'll give you some clues Wait. here. I'll give you some clues. Okay, for the record, the entire MCU at the domestic box office is like six point something billion. Yeah, yeah. So, this is just first sequels. Just the first sequels, yeah, combined domestically. I'm gonna say two point one billion dollars. Okay, two point two billion. <laughs> you you're, son you're, gonna of be, a bitch. you're gonna be that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy. <laughs> well, it worked. It? it worked because it's two point nine four billion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I guess Eric beats me in even the funsy game. <laughs> oh, I forgot my joke, which was gonna be I I I'm not counting Incredible Hulk. Uh, that was to give you a hint (laughs) yeah um well yeah well eric you you still you still won that one so you are the winner congrats eric and thank you for that game aaron thank you that's fun and as always you are marvelous that's what what we say now at the end of this game that we'll play once you can't see it but there's twinkles (laughs) in our eyes as we say that to you Eric. (laughs) all right well let's move on from there let's get some bad now feedback 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 this is where we go to the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com/podcast. We ask a number of questions to our listeners, and they give us some answers. Hey, why don't you, Eric, Eric, feel free to throw in as you can as we go through these. Sure. Yeah. First question here is, what are some great films featuring all-female team-ups? Maxwell Haddad, friend of the show, has Carol, <laughs> uh, which is a great answer. Chris Cleveland has Annihilation and Suspiria. Huh. Phil okay. Heard writes, if Greta Gerwig's Little Women counts, it has my vote. I'm it's, not called it little, it's not called Little Women and Men. It's true. <laughs> Uh, Irene Johnson writes widows and set it off. That's a, that's a good double feature. Um, Christopher Hill writes Charlie's angels from McG. Yeah. What about you guys? All female team ups. Um, you love me some annihilation. That is... Yeah. A good movie. Uh, what am I not thinking of? Not okay. the three, five, five. Cause that movie's God awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Thelma and Louise. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not much of a team's worth duo, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. I mean, it. they hold hands as they jump over the cliff, right? Yeah, and that makes them a team. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna throw in Spencer. You know, it's Princess Diana and Anne Boleyn. So, <laughs> the, the oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, well, a league of their own. How about that? That's a good answer. Hey, yeah, good call. All right, next question we have here: What are some great films featuring young characters thrust into action hero mode? Hmm. Philip Heard writes Star Wars and Spiderman into the Spider-Verse. Chris Cleveland has Becky and Hannah. And Scott Mendelson has Baby's Day Out. <laughs> okay. Young characters into action hero mode? Yeah. Hmm. Nine to five is another good female cast. Uh, Throw that out there. Dolly Parton? Yeah. She sings a song. Say... Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, that's a good answer. I like that. He's got to go through a lot of stuff. Oh, my brain is terrible at this. <laughs> and this is the guy that won the games? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm good at naming specific things, just not like no, no, big I'll material to the like audience. Themes. I should be like, this is, yeah. your, this is your prince? This is your king? I'm surprised, Abe, you didn't choose. I'm surprised you didn't say Home Alone. 
I'm no longer marvelous. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're still marvelous, buddy. Uh, Home Alone would have been a good one, but also he's trying to kill those two guys. <laughs> and <laughs> if they're ro- they're robbing his house, this is yeah, true. Yeah. They're trespassing. That he has every he right to. Could have called the cops really early on. He could have though, right? Because he knew of... that their plan was to come back at nine o'clock the next day. He could have called them or something. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> does, does the shining count? The Shining, sorry, he shins. He shins all over the <laughs> place. Right, yeah. He's shinning nonstop. He has, uh, yeah, he has his guy come back. Can't yeah. stop shinning. Yeah, yeah, boom. Nailed it. All right. All right. Well, the next question here is, what are your favorite villain weapons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? It. Oh, it. Okay. Oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's on it. first? All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next question here, what are your favorite villain weapons from film? Uh, Chris then has Anton Chigurh's pressure gun in No Country for Old Men. That's a good. That's a good gun. Um, Philip Heard writes Vader's red lightsaber and Christopher Lee's pistol in The Man with the Golden Gun. That's not a golden gun. Favorite villain weapons. Um, I mean, I, mean, I can go vague with. It. I mean, like I, I love the creativity in Chucky. Everything that in that Child's Play franchise. Sure. Yeah. Really go wrong there. Have you been watching the show, Eric? Oh, I love the show. Okay, so what they slight mild spoilers, what they kill Keenan Thompson oh. with in the third season is wonderful. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, like I I, I, mean, I know we were specifying movies, but like that was the first thing when it was like, oh yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> I, I I think this most recent the half season of Chucky has been the best that the show's done so far. It's like, really wow. good. Like, awesome. I I really like that show, but it's really good. I praise. Yeah. That's um, great. what else? What do we got here? Villain weapons. Villain weapons. That yeah. Infinity Gauntlet seemed pretty powerful. I don't know if you noticed, but they got rid of half the universe at one point. This sure. is true. Uh, we were mentioned it in the actual review, but you know the um, the vacuum that sucks up all the air. It's a spaceball one. Yeah. That's your answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a tough. It's a tough weapon to beat, but they reverse everything in film, and everything comes back together. Freddy's glove is. I was. I, I was exactly going to say that right now. Freddy's yeah. glove. I think mostly because style points. Yeah, it's also got dual purposes. You could either, you know, do your garden work or kill kids. Exactly, the, those specific things, specifically yeah. kids, not adults. Only those two. Yeah, yeah. killed adults is just a waste of time. Exactly, they're already old. Yeah, <laughs> they're not scared. They're like worried about mortgages and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> I like how we're very much old. <laughs> it's like, yeah, those losers. <laughs> All right, next question: What are the best movie cats? Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes, I don't recall the cat's name from Miranda July's The Future, but come on, what a character. Uh, the, the name is Papa. That, oh. is, that was the cat's name oh. from The Future, which Adam and I, I believe, saw that movie together. Um, oh. Chris Cleveland, we should have him back on the show. I don't know why. Chris Cleveland has Keanu from Keanu. Mm-hmm. Irene Johnson has Jonesy from Alien. Oh, okay. Philip Heard has Gigi from Kiki's Delivery Service. Justin Weatherby has the Siamese cats from the Aristocats. Uh, Christopher Hill has Pie Walket from Bell Crook, Bell Book and Candle. Hmm. And Yancey Burns, friend of the show, has Tonto and Lewin Davis's cat, which is a uh, Ulysses. Ulysses. Yes, Ulysses that was, that was, that was a wonderful reveal for that name. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that so, so much. Uh, uh, cats. I'll throw Church in there from Pet Cemetery. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> not the best cat, not the first cat that you think of. I want to adopt it, but it's a great movie cat. Mm-hmm. Let's Best see. movie cats. Uh, I'm gonna see. say Mufasa. 
Oh, look at you. Huh? That's a damn good answer. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I guess uh, I'm annoyed by how good that answer is. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> have, something, I don't have something better than that. Get it. <laughs> James Corden in the movie Cats? Oh, boy. Uh, no, McCavity from Cats, obviously. <laughs> Idris Elba as as um, brown naked cat. That's weird to look at. Yeah. Um, the cat from Coraline that Keith David voices. That's, that's a great, great cat. Yeah. Yeah. The cat from Hocus Pocus? Oh, sure. yeah. Um, what's Binks. his face? Big, big, big. What is it? Binks, Zachary Binks. Binks, there we go. Yeah. Binks, okay. Mr. Bigglesworth. Mr. <laughs> Bigglesworth. <laughs> These are some good cats. There's a lot of cats in movies. Sally Field in Homeward Bound. <laughs> Sassy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If this were the opposite category, we could say Kevin Spacey in Nine Lives. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a movie that exists. Um, <laughs> featuring somebody that doesn't. Oh. <laughs> Uh, the next question here is, what movie characters would you like to see deal with bending time space? Jason Ritter writes Reed Richards and Batman. Philip Heard writes Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. That's a fun answer. That's a good one. That is a fun answer. Yeah. I feel like the result of that is basically Army of Darkness. It's like that's probably what that you actually, get. That actually <laughs> that's like, yeah. that's like yeah. what you'd basically get out of that. Carpenter universe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, movies that deal with bending space time. Weird how many characters. Part of me that feels like it's blasphemy, but like the dude, like yeah, I feel well, like he would be great at bending space. Time. Walt, Walter yeah. and the dude like happen yeah. upon a, a time portal in the desert somewhere. Yeah, he's like holding a white Russian, just figuring out astrophysics. Let's no, go, I just, dude. I, I now have the real answer, which is Barb and Star. <laughs> Barb, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Barb and Star go to Mars and other times. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I love that movie so. Spin off. Here we go. Um, I don't know. Uh, Roy Scheider in a weird Jaws sequel. There you go. Oh yeah, Jaws is the metaphor for you know time space. I yeah, get it. Like, oh, man. Another person from my hometown, by the way. We're, we're gonna need oh, a bigger, wow. We're gonna need a bigger planet. <laughs> now, Eric was the mayor based off of your mayor, and he's an asshole. <laughs> no, not as far as I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Phew. All right. Next... wasn't from my town, but I'm sure. <laughs> Next question here. We got a couple questions related to the killer, um, which okay. dropped on Netflix this week and is yep. completely awesome, and you should watch it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, who is your favorite cinematic assassin? Adam Gentry writes Le Samurai from Le Samurai. Hmm. Chris Cleland has Ajong in The Killer and Edward Fox from The Day of the Jackal. Hmm. Uh, Ken Knopf's very tall Ken writes in. He has uh, Leon the Professional has to be in the running for me. Christopher Hill uh, has La Femme Nikita, speaking of Luke Besson. Uh, Justin Weatherby has Martin Blank from One Ghost Point Blank. Louis Louis Henderson has The Bride from Kill Bill. Hernandez. What did I say? Henderson. Oh, <laughs> it's getting late, guys. <laughs> yeah. Luis Hernandez writes The Bride from Kill ah. Bill, Volume One and Two. <laughs> and Keith Dunlap has Watching the Killer Tonight. Hey. hey, let us know what you think. Yeah, right in, Keith. Do it. Let us know. Favorite cinematic assassin. Hmm. I mean, they named like all I mean, the ones. Do we count Jules Winfield in this conversation? Yeah, they're it, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's, the, that's their job. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, exactly. it, like, is there a designate? Is there a difference between assassin and hitman? I feel like no. When I th- when I think assassin, I think like sniper rifle. Like I don't know. I mean, I mean that's just a method of disposal. I mean, that's sure. they are a. But con- I guess it's like I, but I guess I, like some degree of stealth. Like Jules is just straight up coming in there and shooting a dude. So it depends. The different scenarios require different methods of. He is, he's also giving them a Bible lesson. Sure. <laughs> 
I think co- contract killer is the term here. And then it's okay. just, ah, okay. it's, the, it's still okay. the same logic. You're being paid to kill somebody. That's your job. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Sure. I guess like, I don't know, like ninjas aren't necessarily paid, right? <laughs> they're paid with glory and, and pride. But they're ninjas. I mean, no, no one knows who they are. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> what, true. What, what Except for an American ninja. Everybody knows that guy. Um, <laughs> anything else from you guys? Well, uh, 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 yeah. uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Jimmy the Tulip Tedeschi from uh, the Whole Nine Yards, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's sure. a good name. R.I.P. Matthew Perry. Yeah. Uh, the last question Matthew... here is: What's your favorite David Fincher film? Wait, 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 wait. Eric was. Oh, oh yeah, oh, Eric. Yeah. I I don't remember. Like I I feel like I watched The Matador with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I don't know why this suddenly just brought into my brain, but like that's a super fun movie. It's fun. Yeah, I like it. There you go. Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear of Stuck on You thing? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> the The last question here is, what's your favorite David Fincher film? Scott Neal Laster writes Zodiac, and Chris Leland has seven. Social Network. There you go. I love Zodiac, but uh, Social Network is, I think, just, I, I think Social Network is the best movie of the 21st century. Yeah. So, yeah. You're in, you're in the same uh, proper company here. I mean, yeah, it was my number one of that decade, but also, I mean, F- Fincher has like four masterpieces in my mind, and then like a bunch of other great movies as well. But I'm still Fight Club. Right. Fight Club is still my thing. Right. Yeah, Fight Club's okay. incredible. Yeah. yeah, Fight Club, Zodiac. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's that's a great, it's a great record. What about yeah. you, babe? Uh, his little known film, uh, it's called the David Fincher story. Um, it's on his eight millimeter camera. No, I don't know. Oh, Everything of, you guys have mentioned. Like, one of his uh, Zodiac videos. is definitely no Zodiac is definitely my favorite. Aaron and I talk about this like from time to time. I'm like I'm still like weirded out by all the kills in Zodiac, um, because of just how they're not very. It's not a lot of them on the screen, but when they do happen, they don't happen very quickly. They're they're very no. drawn out, and it, it makes it even more like un unnerving. So, but you constantly um, visit Vallejo anyway, so it's like. Uh... Yeah, you know, I actually drove through that stretch where where some of that stuff happened. I was like, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback. And that's going to do it for this week's episode about Mouth Iron Aid. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for We Live Entertainment and for movie reviews and Wise of Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more reference over my Instagram, abe.mua and twitter.com slash moose. Hashtag, do you have a code name yet? We'll workshop it. <laughs> Eric Eisenberg, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can find me on social on uh, E. Eisenberg on both Twitter and Blue Sky. Uh, all of my work you can find over at Cinema Blend. And if you are specifically a Stephen King fan, every Thursday I have a column called The King Beat, which is just a uh, weekly roundup of everything going on in the world of Stephen King. Oh, very cool. Wow. Be sure to check that out. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron Abe on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out our socials, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or twitterx.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And our Instagram page as well, instagram.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, again, iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Thank you. Um, let's see. Next week, we are going to be talking... The Hunger Games, colon, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I did that without looking. Congratulations to me on that one. Um, my name. <laughs> um, but that will be the, the main review. Uh, and then we'll, we should be having uh, some more um, 
fun bonus episodes as well when it comes to the other movies that are being released Uh, so stay tuned for all of that eric thank you once again for joining us thank you eric always a blast thank you guys for having me for sure glad to have you here look forward to having you again current game champ current game champ uh thanks to the listeners for listening and uh yeah that's gonna do it for this week so until next time so long and goodbye side there we go all right okay let's drink some butter (laughs) okay now i'm good (laughs) you're wasting our time here Uh eric is a a treasured guest (laughs) (laughs) he paid he paid for that subscription the treasured guest uh uh level (laughs) that that classic thing podcast do where they charge guests he's in the one cent tier of our of our elusive and and very prestigious rankings of of patreon what if i did that i had a ranking of the guests that we have on the show and then then we publish it on the page they they, they reach like gold status or something like that (laughs) platinum Uh, by game scores but that's you know what that is that we should do we should, <laughs> next year we should in January we should start taking yeah. a log we're like who, how do I get on there who Try wins harder. the games yeah <laughs> that'd actually be really funny yeah. <laughs> all right all right let's, let's do this, this.